desperately struggling to clear our side jewelry. Now becoming very much clear why uh, Veyrace just kind of had this key and had not really <laughs> done anything <laughs> with it or taken it to Everbeard or anything yet. You know, because the gate's functionally unusable. <laughs> but Except for us idiots. Except for you idiots. As we come back in here <laughs> to continue our adventures. First of all, as always, thank you to Paizo for sponsoring us. Thank you. Letting us have these shenanigans on their channel. Leading us in a glorious battle. And a glorious battle is absolutely what it was. Except Resume does not know it's over. We left off exactly as Marshall dealt the final blow to what seemed to be the leader of these gugs here. And check a much larger, a much smarter, much more magically competent, unfortunately. <laughs> Massive gug. And you're in this chamber still with this ashy hair-like fungus all across the floor. And now a brand new stone wall <laughs> dividing the chamber in half. Yep. Let's come check us stricken down. It's just Marshall and Roisin trapped on this side of the area. I know Marshall has an astronaut helmet that Roisin had cast on him. Yep. Uh... Uh, I'm still on airwalk, actually. Yeah, you have airwalk. You're 15 feet up in the air. How long does airwalk last? Five minutes. Five minutes is still fine, then. Yep. Uh, but it probably would be... You, you would feel your step starting to sag a bit as the magic is definitely starting to wind down. Okay. Um, let's walk over to Marshall. I imagine that when she's in full curse mode, she just kind of stalks instead of walking, but... Yeah. Um, like, a, like a serial killer. I see your you, you still alive? <sighs> yeah. Nicely done. <sighs> Eh, hey, come here. I got something for you. I just take the severed head of the thing, chop it in half, do a little something to it, and then I make I a cow. What effort required to chop it in half? Because they kind of split open. It's already at the top. in half. Like, yeah. yeah. If you cut well, the head off, you would already pretty much get two halves. I was thinking it would be like when it sticks its head out, they do the whole like sideways mouth thing. I would chop it here, and then I'm gonna chop it that way so I can make a cowl. Quadsect for... it. A cowl. <laughs> a cowl. Holy yeah. crap. Make a, make a With, cowl like, the for me, Roshi. coming like, around? Yeah, just like, well, not like a well, helmet, I mean, like, uh, like this. Helmet. No, it'd be like a Victorian dress. No, no. I'm replacing my fuzzy shoulder pad things no. with that and yes. making one for no. like, a, like, a, like a cloak or whatever. You know, that could look really badass. And it has, Partum like... uridum! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I quickly make one of those, and you're like, yeah, it's got teeth and what everything. Is, what is this magic? Uh, shape stone, because I actually have... <laughs> It in my staff, and Resmi was very upset and panicky and forgot that she had it. Because Jen forgot that she had it for a minute. <laughs> True Resmi fashion. I guess we quickly hear the. It's the fair, stone. I suppose. So, uh, as you pull out this wand to manifest this magic, what are you doing? Well, it's a staff. Uh, oh, it's out of a staff. Uh, I am going to uh, make uh, a hole near the bottom of the wall so we can all just kind of slide, grab the top of it and kind of slide through it. The top of the wall? No, no, the top of the hole that I am making in the wall. Like door on oh, bottom. Like door on bottom so that okay, we can okay, grab okay. it and kind of just slide through. Okay, so you, one of the cool things I've found here is I can very quickly manipulate wall shenanigans. I don't want to make it too high up because then Raz can't really easily get through. Raz is a small rat. He's a very small rat, he does his best. My best is pretty dang good, too. 
It's pretty this good. Point it is, is very good. appreciated. But you are also a very small rat. Very small. Ah, I was afraid I was going to have to beat that wall down. So when that happens, after backing up for another step, I'm going to fall through after going to kick another hole through the door. <laughs> and uh, I suppose that uh, works. Thank you, Resme. Uh, you're welcome. Oh. Is everyone alive on that side of the wall? <laughs> Except for the big white fuzzy one. And the group of you would come through to the corpses of the gugs that had been beyond. And <laughs> hero point. You forego the claws to get up and try to take things while you have the long I just took them off because we're not fighting right now. Fair enough. He takes his claws off when he's not in battle. Yeah. They, he they actually just has like regular a... people fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they, actually, they leave like black marks on my hands if I wear them for too long. So. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, gotta keep those stockpiles of magical do-better points stacked. Drashik, favorite character, is currently not in possession of a hero point for more insta-giving goodness in the future. <clears throat> Make sure to put my, my little mask back on. <laughs> you Breathing all, deep. You all look awful. Yeah, I know. I feel rather awful. We got the job done. That we did. I suppose. <laughs> I can feel the magic starting to wear off. Let me get to this place before I have to deal with those blasted spores again. Ah, we should get out of here before the mold gets us. Yeah, let's 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 get out of here. Before the magic wears, can I just give uh, Goomchak a once over and see if he has anything interesting on him? Uh, and uh, looking him over, it would not take you very long to realize that the Gugs don't seem to really keep anything on their person. They fight with tooth and claw. And uh, his magic had no components, no reagents, nothing he seemed to pull from anywhere other than his own reserves. None of the Gugs bear anything. Fair enough. Just in that case, through that door and close it behind us. Yep, no more exploding piles of fungus. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, making your way forth into uh, this chamber here, this throne room almost, where Gumchek had held audience originally. You only had but the briefest moment to look around the area before, well, obviously, the horde of gugs inside had set <laughs> upon you. But it is largely barren. It is quite open. The three statues of dwarves standing around the corners, save for the one where Gumchek had sat in his throne, uh, in very oddly joyous poses. Again, one with a, a a drink, a mug, raised high, smiles and revelry throughout, absolutely not reflecting the emotions of the party at this exact moment, I would imagine. Uh, the only one standing separately, the throne, uh, where the Gugs had sat or been gathered around before. This one has a small horde drawn around it, uh, a collection of whatever Gumchak or the rest of the Gugs did seem to keep is just piled around the seat of this stone chair. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's take a look-see. It appears he kept himself a bit of a uh, dragon sword. If it's a dragon sword, it's literally the least exciting dragon sword that you've well, ever seen in your life. Sarcasm. It is. <laughs> it is seemingly mostly fragments of bone, odd stones. His favorite bone chunks. uh, It it literally looks like he collected his favorite bone chunks. Uh, There are a couple pieces of kind of oddly shaped stones, some very rounded and flat, like almost look into something you'd skip across a lake. 
A couple pieces that look like they might be petrified bits of fossils of various things, but damaged, cracked little fragments of them. Nothing of any value, really. Oh, he priest helix. However, <laughs> Mr. Sheik explodes. immediately explodes and dies. <laughs> there are, uh, among this mass of mess, a couple of coins, maybe a dozen of them, that definitely are not anything akin to the copper, silver, and gold pieces in use today. Uh, although coins do vary somewhat from region to region as, you know, Galarian. We've arrived at we should maybe all use gold pieces. We haven't arrived at who legally is minting them. <laughs> so a gold coin's a gold coin. Yeah, gold you, coin is we're, largely we're a gold coin. We're probably weighing them honestly. It is I would imagine most uh, uh, it is actually done with scales yeah. uh, when pe people actually care like in large cities and bartering <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, some of these coins are odd shapes, some are geometric squares or triangles, some with holes through the middle of them, uh, and they look absolutely ancient. It wouldn't be usable as currency today, but they would probably have some value to a museum or a collector. Hmm. Uh, and aside from that, there are a pair of small, sheer pieces of what almost look like glass, uh, but thicker. Uh, like chunks of obsidian, save for their color is much more of a almost muddied brown than a stark black hmm. of volcanic stone. But these um, stand out as something interesting? Uh, they stand out as something, I mean, they look more like the pieces of rock are literally just pieces of garbage. They're the only two kind of interesting looking things. Okay. Uh, each of them also are symmetrically angular. Like they are clearly cut. coherent pieces themselves, yeah. right? They're not just something that chipped off of crap and Grimshack's like, ooh, this is shiny and put it in his pile. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ooh shinies in the pile. But. There's a lot of ooh, oh, this is a neat rock. I like this rock. I will put it with the rest of the rocks that I like. <laughs> that is most <laughs> of his hoard. But. <laughs> uh, these might be interesting, but I don't think we can really risk going on much more. I'm practically spent. Damn. Well, 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 then, um... That's the door over there. Perhaps we can reinforce it. Um, Aye. Resme takes out the gourd, and you can see her hands are actually kind of shaking uh, as she does it. Careful, don't put it down sideways. And she just puts it up, uh, up and uh, backs up. And as you place the gourd on the ground, of course, I'm twisting the stem... Over the course of the next minute or so, the thing almost starts to inflate comically before it grows up to dominate much of the space inside this chamber. And it's not a terribly small chamber, uh, but filling it and leaving maybe eight feet of space uh, on across the width of the room on either side, of course, more lengthwise, with your nice little weird yellow gourd house. E. Uh. Would it be a good idea to keep a watch, or do you think this would be okay? It'll probably be fine, as long as we spike the doors. Um, Roshin's gonna take out her climbing kit and just drive pythons into the door. Of the so, gourd itself? No, no. Oh, the, the door, the, the actual door of the room. If okay, they get past enough. the spike doors of the room, You're then the gourd is the not going gonna to hold up us. to them, yeah. You're pinning the doors. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> Whatever okay. works. Fair enough, so... Uh, hammering away at some pythons to seal these doors as well as you can. Fortunately, it is a large stone double door, 
set in a massive stone frame, so it's about the best case scenario for slamming climbing pythons into it to try mm. and wedge it shut. Uh, the floor here adjacent stone as well. And uh, as you hammer away at it, you do occasionally see small pressurized wisps of this fungus bursting through. I'm gonna get you. Just from the impact. <laughs> it's never, just reminding you that it's there. Never <laughs> quite enough to actually affect you in any meaningful way besides perhaps mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have learned of a new severe allergy. <laughs> I'm allergic to poison. Yeah. <laughs> Deathly so. Resume will go inside the gourd and sit down at the table and take one of the tarts out from the bag and just start kind of absentmindedly munching on it. And she's just kind of staring off into space and just kind of like blinking a little, but that's really all of the moving she's doing. I uh, I go in the gourd hut as well and I see her I'm like, ah, all right, Lassie, you're acting kind of funny. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything's gonna be okay. If you say so, you don't mind if I join you. Sure, you want a tart? Oh, sure, I could use a treat. After all, look at my new cap. And you just see the teeth of the thing dangling. Mm-hmm, that's nice. Freshly butchered, not cured at all. <laughs> it's literally, it's... I licked yeah, it first. Just a course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roisin's not gonna wear hers just yet. <laughs> but... So I sit down, sit down my axe, just... Want some whiskey? No, I don't drink. Alrighty. Just pours himself a small bit. <laughs> Sips it. Just kind of staring at her like... Okay. Mm-hmm. Once Roisin's done spiking both sets of well, doors, then I'll while, come back While in. you're outside uh, setting the spikes in this door, once you get the ones you'd come through lead out to the fungus all largely uh, in place, you notice again a bulbous stone eyeball that is opened up above the doorway that's just sort of looking down your direction, just kind of watching. I'm really not in the mood right now, if you don't mind. Just... <laughs> Can't get through Gord, that's for sure. You walk past the other door uh, to see another eyeball emerge from the door itself. Hey, watching how you doing? Come towards <laughs> it. What you that's doing? Nice what you got there? <laughs> How's it going, y'all? What you doing? Rasheen, how do you how, how injured are you right now? Um, I am, I, I, I'm pretty injured. Um, I'm staggering. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not like at death's door or anything. I'm not like pouring blood or anything. The curse is kind of sealed the wounds, but I'm, I'm, I'm still like visibly tired, hair scraggly, singed, probably like dried blood running out of my ear and. In super curse mode, so yeah, still in super curse mode. Exceptionally wary, I imagine outside yeah. of battle. Yeah. What were uh, Raz and Trashik? What are you two doing? Uh, Raz, all... in this room, has taken off his hat. Has You're... taken off his. He's like he stripped down, and I getting as much as a sport us off his clothes as possible, making sure it's not in any crevices or anything. Beating out his scarf. Yeah. <laughs> Probably over in the corner taking out my alchemy lab just so I can store that sample that I took safely. <laughs> yes, yes. I got I cannot carry the explosive powder I in the vial. This. <laughs> it must be stored safely and appropriately away. Yeah. Or else Rasheen might die. So it is just Rasheen 
Uh, that is outside here. I'm outside. I'm outside uh, too. Yeah. Oh, neither of you. I'm inside over the in the yeah. corner of the room. Yeah, and I'm just in the other getting out of the my room. entire alchemy lab. And Raz is just trying to not track it inside. I think. Yes. Raz that's why I was. I was kind of mentally wondering, like you beating all this off inside the gourd house. No, I guess, like, That's kind of rude. But okay. You <laughs> like you live in Warrens, I guess. <laughs> no. I'm polite. Polite society, Raz. Polite society, Raz. Flight Society Raz. How are you looking? I know you took some solid hits as well. Um, he does. He's looked better. His fur's a little matted with a lot of blood. Um, not that great. So, Raz, then, as I imagine you would be spread out doing your things, uh, just Resme and Marshall inside the big old Gordis here. You would also see one of these eyes sort of exude out from the wall. Again, they're not really obvious, but they are much more visible in here, as this room seems to have held up to either the time or the gugs or both significantly better. The walls are much smoother, the floor is much flatter. It's much more obvious when a bit of a bulbous bit of stone almost distends outward and opens into a stony eyeball. You see this one watching you, and you see it joined by a second and a third from the other adjacent wall and one from the ground behind you, almost watching from different angles. Pseudopod comes out of the wall with a pepper shaker. <laughs> <laughs> Eye contact with it and just stare at it. Um, this Miss 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 Roisin? Huh? Are you are you being watched? Oh yeah, this lie pops out every now and then. One. Two, three, four, six. Oh, it's really staring you down, isn't it? Hey, that's enough of that. Pick it's up looking like a, at me at the way Marshall looks at a raw steak. Kind of pick up a rock <laughs> and just kind of throw it up there. <laughs> you kind of throw it up at the eye. Uh, that eye would sink back into the wall, only to emerge just a few inches away. Uh, still watching down towards Rez. Why don't you get away from that thing? It seems to have an interest in you. I'm gonna move to the. I'm gonna move over to where Trishikas. As you get up and start to move, the floor in front of you is going to open as your foot goes down into a much larger toothed pit. Listen, listen here, you. <laughs> you guys think you were done? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to roll some initiative. Well, well then. Do I have to? Do we have to roll because we're in the house? That makes Probably sense. roll. I mean, even if they're not bothering you, that's, just that's so you're on the table. Uh, the two of you in the house. Raz is ready. Raz is ready. Two of you in the house. You're gonna be rolling at a minus four because you're inside, much less aware sure. of what is happening here. <laughs> that's even better. And let me head over to Sirenscape, another great partner of ours, for minus some four. beautiful. Horrific monster thing noises. It's our favorite. Yep. Uh, it's my favorite for sure. Should have done a medicine check. Well, the tart gives you health back. Oh, it does? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, if you were eating some tarts, yeah, you we're would actually tarts. get some health. Oh, how much? Uh, give me a second. I'm going to tell you. exactly how much. Yeah, she did. Okay. So uh, while you find Jen that, tends to hoard uh, Marshall, what was that initiative there? With the minus four, right? Minus four. Does Five. It, Fifteen. I was oh. Two D eight plus saying, four. I rolled a two, so two D eight plus four. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, resume is your inside as well. Thirty four. That's with, with the, the minus, minus four. four. <laughs> resume is on edge right now. 
Marshall's like, <laughs> he's hungry. Uh, Trishik. 34. 34. Who wants to go first? A pair of you. Uh, Trishik is welcome to go first. Uh, Roshin. Uh, Roshin is so sick of this. You're all the natural one. Ooh. She's really just kind of, she's staring at Raz and sees it happen. And she's like, again. <sighs> she like almost does not have the mental energy to react. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be a 20. And uh, true, uh, Raz, rather. 41. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ready. <laughs> I'm hurt. I'm not that hurt. I got a whopping 19 you hit are points a back. Much smaller, <laughs> tasty. I'm flighty. I'm very flighty. Looking little meal here. Uh, you know you want to. There's oh, a chance not, it gets that nat 20. This isn't, him. this isn't, do I use my villain point? This is, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. Got a 46. Oh. Nice. oh. This is, um. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I can take one. As this mouth emerges, opening directly in front of Raz, twitchy as, is, as it, he is, he reacts quickly enough to not step into it. He definitely does not prepare for it to shoot up out of the ground, uh, launching outward almost like a chameleon's tongue. <laughs> Still just rock shooting up from the ground. It doesn't look like it doesn't keep the texture of the stone at all. It's clearly still the material of the carved stone floor, but it looks biological. It looks like just a meated, extended mouth with a fanged jaws at the end. Much, uh, well, not much larger, but large enough to easily fit around Rez in, its, in his entirety. He's a very small little boy. That's not a very big mouth. He does his best. And it's a big mouth compared to you, and it makes that noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bad times again. It's all the bad times. Gonna hit you for uh, 36 to hit you. It hits. And as it bites out, Show you tell me it's not a very big mouth. So it's not very good. Give you a very big mouth. Okay, well, fortunately, it's a pretty bad roll. Uh, so it's only going to do 23 points of piercing damage. Mm -hmm. And I need you to make me a reflex save. Mm -hmm. Reflex save it is. It's going to steal your toes. No, it ain't. I'm a fourth 32. 32 is pretty good. It's gonna fail though. As it reaches up, this maw biting down towards Rez uh, comes up breaching like a dolphin before it sinks back in the stone floor, leaving behind the teeth that spear into him, dealing this damage, and then sink back down, extending as they connect, almost like a stone cage around Rez that is going to both hold him in place and force his wounds to remain open. Causing bleed pretty profusely. Wow. We made the knowledge check on this thing last week. He made knowledge check on. He made a knowledge. He made check a knowledge check last week. Squid told us something. Yeah. It might have been words. right. <laughs> it might even have been true. It might even have been true. He so, might not have uh, lied to us. We'll see. And as that sinks away, a, a different maw opening up near directly beneath Raz, just opening a hole in the floor. You see him drop down a bit his weight shifting to almost just being held in place by these stone spires piercing through him. 
Gonna bite at you for a... That's one higher, but five lower. Probably easier to just do it normally. 32 to hit. You hit. This one... Biting away. Uh, exactly just 23 points piercing damage. Raz is down. I just see it grab a hold of Rez. He falls unconscious. Dying two. He's already wounded one. Oh, that's thing. Yeah. You see more of these eyes starting to manifest in the walls and the floor, different angles around him. You're chic. So currently in the room is maws and eyes coming out of the floor. The floors. Wall, you love it when it's a two carter. The floors <laughs> and the walls, uh, some watching you, some watching Rasheen, but largely concentrated around Raz. Well, I'm gonna go break Raz free. Okay. So, what's your speed? 30. Oh, you can get, you can get over to him if you fall along the wall here quite easily. Yeah. To where these maws are reaching up towards him. And then... I assume athletics to break him out. Or... Uh, you could, uh, yeah, you, you could roll an athletics try and pull him out. Yeah, that's fine. Ah, oh, without a move. Don't do that, screen. And I haven't given you a mini for this because there's not like there's nothing here. There's nothing like there's no creature visible. These things, these manifestations, appear and disappear largely at will, seemingly on demand. Nothing is really. Hanging, nothing staying. We're just getting rocked. You can just use unarmed rocked. too. No, I'm getting rocked. You can use unarmed or athletics if you want to pull him out, because I'd let you basically make an escape action yeah. as bad as what you're trying to do. Okie doke. Unarmed it is. Or a 36. A 36. As he is unconscious, it makes it a little easier to manipulate him out of here. Uh, you're going to pull him free of these spires. Managing to just rip him away from the maw on the floor. As you see, many of these eyes start to rotate, turning their attention to you. You can also see that on the one door that Roshin has filled, like on the left side of this room here, clearly there are many more of them. And as perhaps someone glances their way towards the door for Dots of Freedom, uh, more of these maws start to form, opening ready around the western door. You have one action left. Do I have him or did I free him? Uh, you have him free. You could, I imagine, move at half speed while you're trying to drag him along with you. Okay. Him and all of his stuff. Because you have a very bloody dying body. My, my encumbered is like 14. My over-encumbered is 19. But I mean, like, you I'm have like, an entire I'm not worried body, about his like, weight for <laughs> yeah, the movement the, purposes. The, the whole rat folk body yeah. as you're trying all, not to injure him further also. I'm going to drag him 15 feet towards the entrance of the gourd, which I don't actually know where it is. I just assume it's over here. Uh, yeah, I imagine we've probably been facing the door. That's the area where all of the, the angry mouths and eyes are? Just to clarify, it's where we're going? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. That's uh, so a resume inside. You hear grating stone slashing and strange roars of some kind muffled by the walls of your gourd home. Get up. Walk over. <laughs> you see me open, walk past the door. Open the door. <laughs> you open the door and you see Jashik 
Trying to uh, holding Raz. Here we go. Take my Raz child. from him. <laughs> Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Because I'm going based off of what Raz has told us about this thing. It comes out of stone, not out of gourd. Take Raz from right. him inside the house. You have Raz inside the house. I'd say you probably have like one action left at this point. Uh, put Raz down inside the gourd behind me. Nice. Machine. My child is safe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mouse in my house. The rat in the house. Uh, as the uh, red mist starts to billow around her again. So you've got to be kidding me. <sighs> so you haven't managed to seal the eastern door yet. Uh, but the west one is tightened shut by your climbing kit. Just, just got to be kidding me. Are there, are there eyes around me too? Uh, there would be one or two watching. You probably just still the one like on the door itself watching you. But uh, it's uh, even still, you see it's tracking you slower. Its attention is clearly focused elsewhere, as it's sort of just occasionally reorienting itself to watch your movements. Okay. Um. Even past the door dome, you can see the other wall is starting to grow a terrible infestation. I'm not loud. Um, all right, so gotta secure the door first. Just get inside the guard. You can't get in there. I'll stay out here and tighten this thing shut. And she's just gonna just turn back to the door and just start hammering. Why are you tightening our only way out? <laughs> We'll be fine. They start slamming a python into the door here. So, Marshall, as you're inside here. I just see Resme just put Raz just on the floor and then just walks away. I'm like, oh. Take a tart. Force feed into Raz. <laughs> <laughs> UD8 plus four, I believe. Yeah. Eat the tart, you vermin. I guess that's technically a, a medicine check. Even no, no, it's not. It's tart magic. No, it's oh, just tart magic. Yeah. Whew, that gets around it. Okay, so you just said 4d8, right? 2d8 plus 4. 2d8 plus 4, so that's 12 plus 4. That's 16 health. So you're stabilized, I hope. Well, he's, he's up. Yeah. He's but he's wounded too now. Okay. Then I'm like, all right, I guess. There's a blow, like a raspberry tart shoved in your mouth. A solid team effort. It tastes so good, your wounds are closing. <laughs> a solid team effort. I look down away <laughs> from death saves. I look down over you, I'm like, all righty. Well, looks like you're good. Uh, pull I'm, out big red, and I'm just very far Monster, from I guess. A little bit. And you can, of mail you can see the eyes and mouths behind Trushik framed through the little doorway of the gourd home on the much larger door frame that led in here. I'm just patiently ignoring right. as that. I'm, like, as I'm seeing all this happen, it was one to give Raz a uh, tart. To grab a tart and give it to him. So you got, uh, and grabbing a weapon, you got an action left. I potato okay. myself. <laughs> You've already potatoed yourself today. The, the one action potato yourself is once a day. Oh, crap. Well, in that case, well... Might as well do what I do best. Pull Shrek, kick the door down. No, don't! <laughs> don't kick our door! <laughs> oh, doors, the door's open. Resume open yeah, it. I opened the door. Let me have this Shrek moment. <laughs> no! I kick down the door, walk out. Ah, back at it again. You can't. Rage. He's Raz is mumbling to himself. And if I have the room for it, obviously Mega Marshall. Uh, if you want to step outside with that before you rage, 
moving, you can rage in the doorway or you can move outside. You can't oh. do both. Okay, well, I'll just step out of the doorway then. Get out of the doorway, yeah. grab his wine, hate filling in his face. I'm just kind of sitting there with the gourd like, here we go again. He boots the door and it slams on the outside of the gourd house. <laughs> Squish. Get off my lawn. <laughs> now, Rez, seem, you seem to be a bit stuck. Maybe a hero point would help. Hopefully. Bag of man's Maybe. got your back. Take you. this. Try not to die. The real hero here. Die a lot. Crying a lot already. Wounded two. Wounded two. Um, Either um, of you would go down instantly. A critical hit would be instant death. death instantly. Yep. Um, um, um. This robot, he's not here. We can't hurt it. We gotta run. Roshin, open those doors, please, Miss Roshin. Just get in the guard. We'll be fine. It'll wait for us to come out of the guard. Yes. And? <laughs> <laughs> um. Can I do a recall knowledge to see, remember, if it can get in the guard or not? From Roshin, from what you told Roshin, she believes it can. I hope um, I'm right. Everyone seems to believe that. You, you said it can. I said. I'll give you some, some things. So this is, it is a cultism. So it's an aberration. Plus 22. It's a horrible, horrible aberration. Horrible monster, and I hate it. Got a lot of toothy grins. So as... That's not even a pun. That's real. This has got a lot of You think about it. If this is what you think it is, yeah, it can only manifest out of stone. Uh, but... Your gourd home is made of gourd. It can't manifest in the gourd home. It can absolutely tear it apart. It's made. It's it's made of gourd. Yeah, we. <laughs> um, um, this is food for regular people. Miss <laughs> Roshin, I like the line of thought of it not 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 coming into the side of the gourd home, but it can eat it. <sighs> of course, it can eat it. This, even if it's really big, no, of course, I can just make it. Ah! <laughs> be no peace for us in this place. Absolutely none. I guess she'll just dejectedly stop hammering into the door and just and five miles stare. For the rest of my other two action rats, is gonna sing himself a Yusuke song of calming and cast a fifth level soothe on himself. All right. Fifth level, not die. Fifth level, please don't die. Fifth level, I was, please let me not go down to a crit. I was clutching that hero point so high as I left marks in the palm of my hands. <laughs> I can't lose another one. 23. 23 plus 20. Fifth level? Yeah, fifth level. So 20, right? Yeah. yeah, 22 plus 20. 43 health left. Or just restored. What is this thing? It does not appear to be able to manifest in the gourd. That is accurate. And uh, Trishik outside, Raz inside. Whoops, I accidentally drew a line. Disregard my line. Uh, Raz inside, Trishik outside. Let me just. Here, this is. I can use the magical powers of. Lines. Of uh, Foundry. Just be like, here's a gourd, and I'll just make it, and it's a gourd, and you, no one will complain about the fact that it's not square. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, a gourd, hey, they're hey, not squid. square. Hey, squid. It's not square. Seems legit. Okay, it doesn't need to be square. It was never about being square in the first place. Oh, you're square. You're, That's not my complaint. Your mom's square. Well, I can I can even make abomination outside my complaint. Door. 
by doing one of these. Ah, thank you, quick ability to manipulate walls. Woohoo, door! All right, so it doesn't actually appear on the map, but you'll get your proper line of sight when it's your turn based on like who we uh, have. By the way, all the light sources are either behind the gourd or in the gourd. So the front of the gourd is actually pretty much pitch black, save for some ambient light coming around. Obviously, Marshall doesn't care. Also, my she light. She absolutely does. Your, yeah, your light is inside, like coming yeah. through the doorway a little. Uh, but this thing is going to continue seemingly upset that its free food has been taken away from it. The maws near the doorway here are going to reach out no towards Trishika. <laughs> Didn't even say it yet. It's mad at you, though. It's pretty upset. Oh, yeah. I'm getting in the gourd next. Can I interest you in a 49? That is a crit. It was a natural 20, so I mean, I was pretty sure it was, I was fairly confident that was Good a crit. thing it crit me and not the two people who that would have died. That will die instantly if it crit them. Yes. That, uh, this D20 wants to kill somebody today. It's very upset we didn't get to kill a player character last week. But as Day's this thing young. was already set and prepared, you see these teeth, these mouths extend out from the stone, lancing up from both behind and below. Trishik, spearing through him for a math amounts of damage. About 50 something. It's gonna be 70. Hmm. 70 points of piercing damage. Whoa. And make me a reflex save. That pretty sure is a 30. Let me, ref yep, that's a 30. Uh, as and it I'll, is, hmm. I'll just hand a hero point contemplations. He stares. Yeah, I'll. Uh, that's a good use. On his hero point. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's the, a good The very move. grumpy, stabby feeling in my back made me lurch a little bit, and uh, I will re-roll that to a two. So that becomes a twenty-five. It is, but it's not a one. It is also just pass or fail. So you want to hand him that grab card and persistent damage card that I gave you, because both those are over, because no longer holding your wounds open. But these are going to lacerate through Tashik holding him in place now as it begins to try to feed on the replacement meal for a natural one on the second attack but having you solved the in place uh, another maw is going to grow out from the ground next to marshall lashing up towards him for a third attack so 26 to hit you he just he kind of sees it like oh really really that someone's actually wearing armor. The stone is not as hard as metal. It actually does protect you pretty well in this, in this circumstance. So, you can also pretty clearly see that as uh, Rez calls out, more of these maws are coming up underneath the house and bits of it are kind of sagging as teeth pierce through this. You'd see inside jaws folding up through the floor, starting to work to bite and rip chunks out of this. Trishik. It is hungry. Well, it is not allowed to eat me. I'm gonna bash the uh, the teeth stuck through my leg and try and free myself with an unarmed attack. Well, uh, that's a 19. So I'm pretty confident that a 44 gets me out. It is just stone. And as this thing leaves him through you, it seems to pull back its 
control its consciousness, whatever exactly it is, leaving just these rods 14. and spires of stone stuck through you, uh, which you are able at this point. Thin rods of stone are nothing compared to the lizard man closet for Sheik, and you can bash and shatter Very through them relatively easily. Well, with that being said, it is time to leave. <laughs> it's goodbye o'clock, my friends. Uh, raise me, turn off the gold. It is uh, time to go. We don't want to lose it. And I'm going to run all the way over to here where the door is and kick the door open. It'll take you... If you went around either side, it'd take you 30 feet to go around the gourd and get to the door. Yes. And then you will kick this door before you open. The door here. Oh. And I'm probably about to collapse Such after getting pierced day. multiple times like yeah, that. Yeah, Trishik would look desperately wounded uh, after just something that powerful struck him. This does not lead into another chamber. This does not lead into another room or a hallway of any kind. This opens up into a cavern, the likes of which you have never seen. The caves outside, I mean, Marshall, maybe if you grew up in the Five Kings Mountains, you would be somewhat more familiar with the Dwarven Kingdoms. But even Trishik and definitely Rasheen, this cavern is miles dozens of miles perhaps across and high out through the door past the light of, of the hilt of Rashin's sword it descends into absolute blackness but in not complete darkness but near so there is a level of ambient light here that is like a moonless night it's not to zero but it's real close and you can tell it's enough to see functionally light, this but not yeah, functionally this cave looks like it may very well go on forever hmm. given the light and the ground before you gives from this worked stone into gravel and much more loose rock hmm. uh, your light catches no other walls save for the one this door is set in but looks out over what appears to be a ruined street hmm. bits of rubble and buildings that have fared far worse than this one near the edge of it across the other side. This appears to open into a massive ruined city that you can just barely even see where you're in, where you are in it. Resume. Um, Resume will almost like glassy-eyed um, look around her and look really panicked. Uh, then kind of pull herself together, like with her bare fingernails, and she will run out the door and try to pull Raz with her, since she was holding him before. Okay, I'll let you use uh, an action to move out, another action to drag Raz with you. Um, and then uh, she'll uh, shrink the gourd down. All right. Then. Quickly reaching for the mechanism. You remove the gourd, shrinking it back down to its much tinier size and picking it up. Machine. Right. Um, her wounds actually are, are closing up fairly rapidly. Great. Uh, <laughs> other than even feebled, but like... Other than my enfeebled, yeah. Um, 
Go on, get past me. Uh, she's actually going to walk up right to the door uh, and just ready a strike. Fighting position. Come on, you bastard. Marshall. You need a hand there. Get out, you're almost dead. He <sighs> looks almost dead. <laughs> I can take a look out here. Get but out. <sighs> Fine. Um. <laughs> I pick up Raz and Resume and just bolt. <laughs> If you want to, so you, you know, I would give you the strength to, to carry two people. With, with carrying two people, though, again, Raz is still pretty well injured. You're getting moving at half speed. So just what's your speed? 25. 25. So you're moving. Leave me. 10. Just leave me on the ground. I can run. And 20. And you can get everyone to the door. And here. that still leaves me with one action, right? No, that would be picking everyone up and then moving yeah. across, trying to hold two As you go to pick up Raz, he's going to say, Dope. I can run on my own. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Shut up. Keep I'm going. I'm faster than you are. Just drop me. Raz. <laughs> he draws me and Raz spends three actions running so. 30 feet per movement. Out the door? Out the door. Do you have dark vision? I have low light vision. I'm just going to run until I hit something. <laughs> Rat thing I've ever I got my bongo. Miss Roisin, when you find me, I'll be unconscious. I'll be unconscious. A couple seconds later, you hear him. Takes off out the doorway, and you see him running across this gravel. He drops down on all fours and going. Sprinting across this gravel, like leaving this light blood trail behind him until you see him pass by the edge of your light. <laughs> thud into what is certainly a stone wall in the darkness. That rotates himself and this keeps going. That just... activates Severin's predator. Mode. <laughs> Severin just takes <laughs> off after him. Also can't see. Also runs into the wall. Squawk. <laughs> <laughs> also does not have dark vision. Quickly follow the Stupid bad. <laughs> but as you get out there, as you start slamming into stuff, you hear a voice call out. It sounds feminine. Do you, you speak Dwarven? Yes. Uh, what call out do you in Dwarven? This way! Come over here! Following the voice. You I, seem trustworthy. I yell out to Roshin. I'm following the voice! <laughs> <laughs> I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. I can hear a voice at the end of the tunnel. Roshin! Is in here. Oh, she's ready. I'm ready. To, uh... Oh, no. Question is, how ready is Rashid? Does that maw open up? The maw is absolutely I'm, I'm ready to up. strike. She smashes a sword right in it. All right, give me an attack roll. Uh, that's going to be a 34 with curse. All right, 34. As you slam your sword down into this thing... <laughs> Uh, with a little bit of sparks, the, the this is flick, right? Yes. The it still has like when it manifests up, it does still have a physical place. So mm -hmm. It cuts through things. Uh, with a, and then a spray of sparks then coming from flick, and a clatter of steel on stone. Your blade strikes and just skitters across the surface of what is just stone. This is not the creature, and it bites up towards you for a 30 flexive shield snap your shield 38 to hit 38 normal hit uh 
41 points of piercing damage. Okay. Uh, then he realized literally all the damage rolls have been low rolls. <laughs> I am very thankful for that. You said um uh. Was there, was there an um uh or? No. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, I thought you were running something. Um, as it bites at you. The strike actually just, I, I mainly saved the strike to make my AC better. Oh, you get the, <laughs> the curse benefits down. That's fair. As this thing slices up towards you. May I use Bulwark because I've got a lot of armored plates in the way of it. Deadly, yeah, 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 you can bulwark. It's not really the intended use of bulwark, but I'd say it would definitely help. It has a hard time sparing you. Hmm. Well, Arcadis gave me this hero point <laughs> to not die. I think that natural one would probably be good if it Rerolling didn't Rerolling natural ones is a fantastic use of hero points. That oh, is a 19. 19. Very nice. Ready for this nonsense. All right, so that's a 35. Um, what they... Wow. Zach Weevil? Yeah, I mean, you succeed. You, you, that legally succeeds. A 19 legally succeeds, just barely, when wow. I give you bulwark, but, uh... Reflex isn't my... Oh, I'm sorry, that was... That was better, actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, three, that was three better. I was like, wow! <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at reflex saves, we're not oh, that bad. Oh, boy, <laughs> that is real bad at reflex saves. I, I, I was looking at my base number, not at my bonus number. I just okay, looked at the dial. Enough. Uh, still, you succeed. Uh, your armor, your full plate helping to blunt the attack of some of these, even as it pushes the fangs forward. Uh, though the trauma of its striking is doing, dealing a significant amount of damage to you, it can't really get purchased easily to the full plate. Uh, and not releasing that maw immediately, those teeth just pivot, cracked and broken as they are, as they try to regrip. Right. Wow, it's a 26 to hit. Absolutely terrible. She's ready for it now. She's smashing the rocks as it comes up to hit her. And it rolls a natural one, a third roll. Um, Spits at it. <laughs> it broke too many teeth. It broke too many teeth. That mod's not working anymore. Uh, and after that assault fails, that one does drop sinking back in to not a flat floor, but a floor chipped and marred with bits of scattered pebbles and rubble where the fangs have broken against you, uh, now leaving those holes in the floor itself. Trashik. I'm leaving. You could definitely... Do you speak Dwarven? No. Then, there's a voice. Yeah, you would hear a voice in the distance. Uh, not loud, but you're pretty perceptive. Uh, Someone in the direction Raz went, calling out, Yo! Yelder Soul! You're not sure what it means, but it doesn't sound hostile. You do hear Raz yell, I'm following a voice. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna go that way. I trust the skittering rat's judgment. <laughs> it's instinctual. <laughs> All right, skittering rat, please do not lead us into sin. Um, how about you, Rizme? You speak Dwarven? Ah, uh, yes. You speak Dwarven, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you you would just barely hear that call as well. Um, she uh will cast a uh, a heal on Roshin right before she runs out the door. Oh, you have one left? Yes, I do. Is it first level? It is. <laughs> <laughs> but something's better than nothing. Take 12 points of healing. She will healing. cast a I'll gentle tingle onto you as she leaves. And then I'm going to take off. You also following towards the voice in the distance. We can probably see now. So yeah, as, the, as her light comes with you, leaving... Uh, uh, illuminating more of the street as she follows. Uh, you can see much more of the area around you. This looks like it was once a fairly large 
highway through uh, what looks like it was an enormous city. Buildings loom up much higher than the projection of your light spell on either side of this road. Many fallen into complete rubble. Many still standing in varied states of disre disrepair. Uh, the outside of this hall that you run away from, the outside of these doors that Brashina's, or the Trashik has kicked open, are carved intricately with more dwarves and states of revelry and happiness. Again, at complete odds with the situation. But the buildings around here are of extravagant craftsmanship, or at least they were once. And you are heading towards an alleyway between two of the buildings across the street. One building, the corner almost entirely collapsed, leaving nothing but a uh, founding block in the corner with a bit of a supporting strut and piles of rubble around it to the voice behind. As she's running past, she'll hear Severin kind of toddle, Hey, Resume, I found the wall! And she'll kind of pick him up. <laughs> Stupid bird! You see blood uh, blood splat on the wall. <laughs> oddly bird-shaped. <laughs> oddly red-shaped. Red <laughs> <laughs> Roshin. Uh, Roshin's gonna look over uh, at Marshall still in the room. Just kind of like... <laughs> Get out, he'll be right behind you. And she's gonna delay until after Marshall's gone. Marshall. <sighs> it's my job to be the stubborn one. <sighs> Fine. You better get your ass moving. And he just hauls it. Out he goes. You have dark vision. Yes. So you can clearly see the ruins of an ancient dwarven city. I, I'm just dumbfounded by you, the architecture alone. Uh, the architecture would all even be much different than what you would have seen growing up, as this is clearly ancient. It's like the dwarven equivalent of Rome. Yeah. You are looking through squared buildings perfectly right-angled corners, even crenellations and columns themselves being squared off near perfectly, segmented, uh, heavily accented with uh, cubic or perfectly uh, two-to-one rectangular shapes. Yeah. Very much the style, uh, which would be as recognizable to you, again, as like a freaking Roman pantheon would be to as us. He's, as he's kind of running, he just kind of tears up a little because he's both overjoyed by the beautiful architecture, but really sad that it's being ruined because it's been abandoned and whatever. He's like, oh, that's just like the dumb stories my grandpa told me. Oh, God, why is it so terrible? Machine, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Machine. Uh, now that everyone's out the, out of the room, uh, she'll just kind of glare at the eyes around the door. If I were you, I'd find a different place to live. And she'd turn around and just stalks out of the room, probably leaving bloody footprints behind her as she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe dragging a leg a little bit until the curse pops it back into place. Well, and she's one, able to walk out. One final roar coming out from whatever this creature is as a, a couple of maws punctuate through the floor trying seemingly to follow after you but unable unsuccessfully uh, as it seems that as you get out the door and into the street this thing can no longer pursue you find yourselves in a very very different situation all of you hurry very swiftly out towards this pile of rubble, following after Raz and Resme and freaking Severin. <laughs> <laughs> and you quickly find the source of the voice. A dwarven woman here. She looks to be a good 
bit older than Marshall, probably, but certainly not old. And if you're not a dwarf, it can be kind of difficult to estimate dwarven age and any spectrum between child and grandpa. You just measure the length of the beard. Does not have a beard. He's, He's a disgraced. <laughs> <laughs> She's suited up in a uh, set of half plate over a leather gambeson. Uh, something that looks a lot more mobile and flexible than most dwarven armor that you would be familiar with. Something ha that half plate, the flexible dwarven armor. Half plate, the flex. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> have, have, have you introduced a stone plate in Pathfinder yet? Because it's a thing that it really exists. Could half you plate is fighting that creature while wearing stone plate. You have oh, a terrible time. <laughs> mouse. They're inside oh. the armor. <laughs> Half plate really is like the light scouting armor of Dwarven <laughs> <laughs> But uh, her head is left free. No helmet or anything obstructing your vision or restricting your movement, really. Uh, you can see her hair pulled back into a pretty massive black, single black braid that falls down past her waist. She has a pair of short swords on one hip and a wide square dagger on the other that all of you would recognize as a clan dagger, obviously, as Marshall has provided you with several of your own. And I'm seeing this too right now. Yeah, you're, you are all there. Okay. Uh, though hers is in a much simpler leather haft, uh, the tip of the sheath itself capped with iron, the hilt of the clan dagger, a triangular, very geometric emblem that seems to have almost a twisting pattern that extends out from the center down through the bottom side around the outside of the sheath, following along where the blade would go. She looks at the group of you as you come around, and uh, as Resume comes close with the light, actually kind of narrows her eyes a bit. I'll try to dim it a little. I'll just raise a hand. How bloody many of you are there? Raz is on the ground, this on his back. Uh, five and three quarters. I'm probably holding a gouge closed. <laughs> Another as, lass. As he yeah, sees as the he lady, he just kind of goes. <laughs> Raz starts cooing in Ruxy. You see him start cooing, like waving towards <laughs> and cast the first level suit on him. <laughs> as you're healed for 13. Yeah. Hmm. Some... I have one less seriously bleeding injury. <laughs> see if I can. In the dice tower, please. Hey, I pulled off. Crosser! And a level two heal on you. And then. Oh, this is called the what we have left pile. Yeah. And you hear... <laughs> forgive. Forgive our. Our discourtesy. We did not mean to barge into your home. She'll say in Dorvish. I'm, I'm still looking at you like absolutely confused as you two just start like throwing magic and glowing hands and spells all over the place. And then they're just healing themselves. Know. We don't mean you any harm. Shush, shush, shush. And she peers around the pile to look towards the, the doorway that you would come through. And you can still kind of hear a distant rolling cry from whatever this thing was. Uh, rumbling stony roar out from the doorway. The gugs are uh, dead. I know it does not look like it, but most of this blood is theirs. 
I, I just kind of point and show off the decapitated shoulder that they made out of it. Said, Mr. Stone's eats. Yeah, that stone thing. Give me a night to rest. I'll go back and I'll show it something. And she looks to, to Marshall. We have like literally just a gug corpse. Half, <laughs> half a gug head. Half of a gug head just kind of hanging off you with a visible <laughs> disgust. And she's like, I can glance the rest of the party and look back to Marshall. <laughs> what the hell are you doing up here? Uh, we, uh... The world's not being very co- very cooperative. Well, do you speak Dwarven? No, I'm sorry. This I, is Dwarven. Ah, sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll translate. Dwarven, so as she says stuff, I'll translate it in common. Like, as, as she says, I'm just a translator at this point. Well, or she'll just pace. <laughs> so. uh, please, if you'll take us someplace where we can rest and recover, we'll be forever in your debt. This elf leading you? I wouldn't say leading, however, she is a government official. But, you know, she's she's reliable, yes. I'm also family, she'll say in Dwarvish, and she'll point to the clan dagger. I mean, and, uh, the, she is. The, the dwarf will <laughs> look down at the clan dagger and look at you and uh, reach up towards your face with a, a gloved hand, just like a leather glove. Mm-hmm. And actually put a thumb like under uh, your top eyelid, mm-hmm. if you're not resisting. No, like, not. like pull it up and lean in and look. Probably had to stand on some rubble to do so. Uh, I'll actually a, bend a, a down for her. Taller than her. Most dwarves are not martial size. I. It's I've kind got of no like idea a... what to make of this, but I promise you, and I a hundred percent guarantee you, on the grave of Magrum, Bronzebeard will have your heads if you're out here without anyone knowing, causing trouble. Wait, Bronzebeard? We're not causing trouble. We came. Believe it or not, we came to help. Did the commander sent you? You look like you don't even bloody know where you are. We, we came through Jewel Gate. Of course we know where we are. Don't we? What is a Jewel Gate? Oh, mean... Don't worry about it. We'll... <laughs> um, it's magic door, basically. Francis right uh, <laughs> on his back, still raising <laughs> his hand up. Do you oh, ha- get up, you're fine. Do you hate the Scarlet Triad? I don't even know what that is, miss. Okay, good. It's a good thing. For, huh, for clarity's sake, um, for my sake, where, 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 where exactly are we? Just make sure we ended up in the right spot. You're knee deep in a saga rock. How, how in all the words could you possibly end up here not knowing where you even are? Well, we had, we had a general idea of where the portal would open up to, but nothing exact. Just two Raz. Now we're men in Piak. If you'd be so kind, tell her about the purple one, please. Oh, oh yeah. It's how we got here. The, Good excuse. The purple worm? We, There was a purple worm we fought back that way. Yes, make it excuse as to how we got here. Apparently she seems confused. I'm confused. It's good to be confused. Make her confused. Well, that makes more sense than most stuff you're saying. Things that are a menace, not terribly uncommon. Mm. I haven't heard of much of them crawling around in Sagarok. What? I, what even? And she looks down to uh, to Resme's clan dagger and like grabs the hilt of it with the hand. Did you steal these? No. I made them. Well, she giving you trouble over the daggers. And she, uh, she does a gesture where she puts a hand up in front of herself. Uh, 
Her elbow belt bent almost straight at an angle. And bows her head a bit. Can I get a society? Uh, you can give me a religion. Oh, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Does Roshin recognize it? Uh, unless you're a little familiar with the Dwarven Pantheon, probably not, no. Alright, fair enough. It's not even like a, a, a super popular Dwarven god, really. It's more of a Dwarven demigod. The only one who would, even, I, I imagine, I mean, you can make a religion roll if you're probably at least, at least expert. Um, yeah. I'm actually uh, master. You can you can absolutely roll for it. Whether you use my own. Um, my lore obscure dwarven pantheon. That's a uh, thir- forty. Uh, so with a forty, you want to roll lore obscure dwarven pantheon, or you want to just let Roshin take it? I'll let Roshin take it. I'm out of breath on my back. Uh, with a forty, you would recognize this as the a stance of penance or prayer to Magrum, which is an absolute layman's terms. Dwarven Phrasma. It's it's very different, but it is the demigod of the Dwarven Pantheon who oversees the movement of souls from the battle battlefield to the afterlife. Huh. And it's a uh, a connection above, below, and right at the angle to self. Huh. Uh, Do I see her with uh, any kind of iconography on her? She doesn't anywhere? have any immediately apparent or visible. Okay, so like, just a worshiper, not an adherent. Okay. Um, at this point, Raz hops up. <laughs> We're rude. You realize how rude of a party we are? We're a party. We're rude, rude. We never introduced ourselves to our kind savior. Are you speaking in common? Switching back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe I've been asked to give name. Anyways, I look at her. I want to thank you very much for calling me over here. My name is Raz. Just Raz, Raz, Raz. It's nice to meet you. The only part of that that I would have understood is you saying your name. Like five times, yeah. Pass, 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 pass. And let me introduce the two who don't speak Dwarven. That is Mr. Tushik, and this is Miss Roshin. I'm Marshall. Charmed. She says charmed. Mish. Mish Oakcrest. All right, you said there were gogs. You said you fought some gogs? Oh, yeah. Please. Three, four, five, six. That's what brought me out here. We had reports there were gogs massing about. They're all gone now. Got the leader. At the word gug, I can just point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> yeah. he clearly has a head. Like, we killed them all. The five are you. Just... Yeah, you killed them. They're very skilled. I mean... I promise you, if you take us someplace where we can sleep and heal and eat and not be in fear for our lives for ten minutes, we will tell you anything you want to know, and I give you my word of honor that we will do you no harm. Well... And any booze would be appreciated. I mean, this is something I definitely have to be reporting. There's no reason I'm out here. Oh. But... And she turns <laughs> and looks out to the south. And, uh... Kind of gestures to group you to come out around this little pile of rubble a little bit. And points off to the distance. You can see... Quite far, what looks like over a mile from here, the cave is illuminated uh, with a warm light, just a huge ambient glow, letting you truly see the massive scale of the cavern itself. And this this light is, is bright enough that it is extending up, letting you actually see the shape, the, the ceiling of the cavern near a mile uh, uh, overhead, far down at the distance. And you can see the silhouette of a massive wall between you and there. Does that lead to Cobbler? Oi. That's where we're having to go. That's where we're headed. I don't know how he got here. And I... 
gods above and below know what you're doing, but... Put that... Can't see in the dark. Yes, oh. I can see in the dark just fine. Uh, I'll activate my dark vision. I think, you think you've used that today already. I have? Yeah, yeah. Okay, day. then I will not. It's all. It's, ah, it's been a very long it's okay. day. It's been a very long I day. I will pull out my dark vision alchemy potion, <laughs> and I will chug it. We can lead them out. You just point us the direction. I can see in the dark just fine. We've got a good distance to go. Just can you quench that light if we need it? Yeah, of course. And come on. Oh, we're finally moving, are we? Yeah, I float, I fall closely behind her. And... Sheenie, calm down. And as you, as clank, you could, clank, yeah, clank. put a hand back. Give me a good bit of distance. I, I can't have you bumbling into something. Let you know if I need to say anything. Hold a fist. Stop. For those who can't that see. Light. <laughs> hmm. For, for those who can't hand. see, you know, grab my hand. I can see just fine, thank you. Well, you leave oh. it. The light's up for now. She's just saying, oh, like, take okay. if she if she if she throws up a hand, just stop and put the light out. Okay. Never mind. Um, and she heads out a little ways near towards the edge of the light before she turns and motions for the group of you to follow her. Uh, she's following not down this main thoroughfare but picking her way through the skeletons of old buildings and bits of ruin, making her way vaguely down towards the south. This city clearly must have once been a huge, sprawling metropolis. Uh, this area of relatively densely packed buildings flanking fairly wide streets that could have taken several carts or wagons abreast. Uh, now, again an actual stone skeleton full of ancient strange dwarven architecture embellishments of again a lot of these interlocking linear geometrical patterns looking almost like celtic knots weaving around door frames or up the sides of buildings cast in bronze and iron to accent this, the largely dark gray stone uh, she leads you from this decent distance out ahead for some time before throwing up uh, a hand, stopping abruptly at a corner. We'll stop. And, well, uh, did anyone tell Roshin what that meant? Because yes. I'm... Yes, I've, yes. I've, <laughs> I've been translated. Okay. You guys are getting the rash translation. All right, cool. So hey. she'll stick her sword hilt in, a, in her bag of holding to quench the light. You put it in, dropping everything in the darkness. Uh, so Marshall and you with the dark vision potion could see Mish come back towards the party uh, creeping much more carefully now trying not to disturb any stone beneath their feet or casting rubble aside start off the bed eight of them give them a moment they should be on their way as long as we don't cross past any of the bound and the route I took in here and the route and took them back shouldn't bother any of them shouldn't have any big issues Alright. And you wait for a moment. She gives it a couple of minutes before, uh, with a quick gesture to stay put, she continues back up to the corner in the darkness, alone, creeping and peering around before she gestures the rest of you to come. Uh, I'll put up the light again so they can see. Well, you can have it on flick. Well, she she's gesturing, and I can't see her. That's, that's, so. I mean, yeah. Marshall or Rubber Shame would have to tell just, you. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> okay. like, you know, like, go ahead. <laughs> okay, cool. Then I can do it. All right, great. As you get the light back out and 
continue along the way. You keep picking your way through ruined buildings and around streets. Again, taking uh, what seems to be a very odd and uh, difficult route. Uh, so it was far more complex, certainly, than just following the roads down. But obviously, Misha's going out of, out of her way to attempt to stay some degree of hidden and to avoid things. Uh, after another few minutes, as you've crossed probably about two-thirds of the distance back to the glowing lights of what are what's Cobbler in the distance, she motions the rest of you to come up and join her at a doorframe to a building. And, uh... As you all come around, comes back to the party. We aren't expecting guests. This. She motions to the doorway. Simply easier to pay him. You got coppers? Of, of course. We have some cash. Uh, and she steps back and gestures to the doorway. Uh, as you look inside, you see what is clearly a an undead standing there. Half his jaw actually disconnected entirely and hanging. His tattered rags hanging around his flesh. Several places uh, eviscerated just hanging there. <clears throat> uh, top of his uh, top lip he has kind of curls up in a grin. He nods to the dwarf and holds out a hand to the groupia. Uh, uh, how, um, how, man, how much? How much does he take? And uh, again in dwarven Mish just says, let's give him a copper piece. I'll give him a couple pieces of copper. And the man, a, a dwarven ghoul, I suppose I should specify, just if, while we're here, assume dwarf and that's Tovan and told otherwise. Even in death, still has a wispy, wiry, and matted, massive braided beard hanging down over the front of his cloak. That's why his jaw uh, came to And that's why, yeah, <laughs> wait a minute, probably pulled it down, but it's hanging off center. Uh, from his jaws, it sort of hangs here. He takes these couple of coppers, nods, flapping this this beard and this jaw, and uh, a voice just kind of rumbles out. Does anybody speak Necril? The one language I didn't take? You speak Necril? <laughs> you would yeah. understand coming out from that. Oi! That's Drosker's passage for a lot of you. Uh, th- and, uh, th- thank you for your hospitality. He'll say back in Necrol. And Mish just looks at you. You understand him? Uh, yes. The undead have voices, too. Her lip, like, curls. Like, again, more visible disgust than the actual just desiccated gug that's hanging off of, of Marshall here. <laughs> As she, uh, will physically shuffle like a half step back away from you and uh, put her hand over the uh, the front of her gorget. And start going again. You can follow closer from here. It'll be relatively safe this close to the wall. I don't know what that is up to Marshall. I don't know what you're doing out here. Or what mess you gotten yourself into? What nonsense you're trying to pull? It's company you keep. Well, I ain't here to pass judgments on it, but if I were to guess, a commander probably want to pull, pull. I don't know. This is 
let me let me tell you that. All you need to know is that these are my brothers and sisters in arms. They're my family. I'm gonna take care of them. We're on a mission to get rid of the Scarlet Triad and try to keep everybody safe. However, we've run into a few snags here and there, but with your help, we just need a little bit of a recuperation and point in the direction. We'll get out to your hair. Everything'll be okie dokie, I promise. I'm better to, I'm better to disdain a Magrum for making deals with these undead just to keep the city of Kothar safe. You had to bring on an elf that talks to him. Uh, she's she's just really smart and can speak a lot of languages. Not, nothing to be worried about. She's too much of a good at tissues. I, I've actually never spoken to an undead before today. I, I just learned it from a book. Never. In no part of anyone's history is communing with the dead led to anything but ruin. Yes, but if, if I don't intend to commune with the dead and all I want to do is just learn it for, well, for information's sake, there's no harm in that. It ain't my place to say. <laughs> and she's walking a lot more openly now, much uh, following narrower streets that are leading out towards this uh, looming wall in distance that you can start to see is, in fact, uh, a massive indomitable looking fortress wall that spans the entire width of the uh, the cavern completely separating these ruins from the lights of Kavler beyond look I, I understand that I've insulted you and for that I deeply apologize but where I come from learning languages it, it's just what we do it I really did not mean to give offense, and if I've done you a harm, I apologize you feel unrestrictedly. Tug on your sleeve. Hey, Miss 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 Trashman, <clears throat> I'm feeling better. I'm in a much safer place. Can you teach me how to speak un undead? Not a good time, lad. I'm saying I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking in common. <laughs> I just gotta uh, pick him up. Like not a good time. Please, please, please forgive me. If I insulted you in, in any way, I we owe you our lives, and... Hey, my place to pass judgments. But... Judgy McJudge face over <laughs> Judgments. She's saying that phrase over and over again. What does it mean? Not her place to pass judgment. But she's passing a lot of judgment. Perhaps... <laughs> perhaps we could try to understand each other a bit better. Perhaps... If nothing else, you certainly brought my curiosity, but if absolutely nothing else, damn sure if you like nothing I should be involved in. Look, I'll take you down to the clan hall. I'll speak with the commander, Bronzebeard. See where we go from here. Perhaps you would tell me something about yourself, and that way I'll know a little bit more about your culture, and I won't perhaps step in it again. Uh, Renesme, it's best to let sleeping dogs lie. You got questions? Ask them. How long have your people been down here? <sighs> the the Oakcrests? Or Kavler? Or... This city has clearly been destroyed for some time. How did, uh... 
did did you just stay or did you come here anew from someplace else? Sagarok's been ruined since the Orc Wars of ancient of ancient ages. Thousands of years? Ancient history. But Kovlar was a part of it, even before that. We'll stand with it still long after we're gone. The Warren made sure of that. And uh, I understand that there are dwarven clans, dwarven families who have foundations here. Uh, perhaps you could tell me about them. What family, what clan do you hail from? Just kind of looks over towards Marshall. <laughs> uh, Lass? Give, give us just a moment, please. Let's <laughs> me down. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to learn about her. We dwarves are very prideful and private people, especially that freaking elves. But, <laughs> but if I don't learn about her, how will I not insult her again? Look, she's clearly a religious person. You don't, and you're an elf. You're already speaking dead people. You know, that's just not cool. <laughs> well, why didn't you Plug tell me that? <laughs> Listen, I haven't met a last like this in ages. For one, two, you're insulting our culture. I'm starting to get a little mad at you. And even what? though I'm almost dead, I will eat you. What, what have I insulted so far? I'm asking questions. For the first time, I'm ever going to ask you this. Keep your mouth shut and let me do the talking. All, all right. Hand resume. That's in common, so. I just hand resume a scroll piece of paper at the very top that says Dwarven Etiquette 101. She'll read it. How not to insult the dwarf, step one. Don't talk to, don't talk to the dwarf. Oh, well, that seems silly. Have you met Volia before? Step two, don't be an elf. You know what? Volia, I made Volia like us. It's Somehow. Probably, this is true. You, you, you managed to get there. It might have been the cash. Got <laughs> you mean. True Sheik was really her favorite party member. You mean compassion? Not at all. Mm -mm. I mean drugs. <laughs> well, this is just. I got that out of that Miss Volia's book. Oh. You worked for me! <laughs> well, she's gonna... gonna kill you! On this episode of Pathfinder, we murder each other. It would be difficult for her to get down here all the way. Oh, she would. Oh my well, god. Well, she's gonna buy a new edition. No, I'm not touching that. She's gonna buy a new edition she anyways. Drops it like, she, like it's burnt. <laughs> anyway. It is too late. You have uh, fingerprints. She'll figure so it out. Let me, <laughs> so let me get this straight. There's no escaping. You want me to be quiet so you can get laid? No, I mean. Maybe, but. <laughs> Listen, the important thing is. She's trying to help us and pissing off, you know, the person trying to help us is not exactly smart, for one. I don't think she was getting angry with me. She just seemed a little Irritated? hesitant. <sighs> Let me tell you something about dwarven women. There's I don't a certain think look you know anything. <laughs> that, only goes, that only goes good places, <laughs> she, she, has, she has resting dwarf face. <laughs> You're not wrong, but listen. <clears throat> Marshall. But listen. If it's stronger than most men. <laughs> let me tell you one thing. Okay, let me let me put it this way. Say you're a mother and you see your kid do something bad and you just give them that glare of rage. It's subtle, 
but you don't notice it at first. But I guess uh, it's kind of a mom look thing, right? So she's looking at me like the, she's my mom? Like the very judgy mom that will end you with one slap. But she's not here to judge. Learn this conversation. Uh, I actually walk up to her and got very, very close. I got a, I got a question in Dwarvish. I got a question. Um, Hi, I'm a scholar by trade. Um, Can you tell me, is this information right here accurate? This and her piece of paper. It's Marshall's eye begins to twitch very. It's, it's <laughs> handwritten. Um, it looks like it's handwritten research from Dwarven history. As you're standing there talking to her, huh? It it, it's Dwarven? written. It's written a little bit in Dwarven, like three words. Okay. So what is she? It 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 looks like a child's handwriting. Oh my god! Like a, a like, like, a, like not like a toddler, but like someone who's learning how to write Dwarvish. It's a coloring book. Glyphs oh are backwards. So, <laughs> so you, as you're doing this, you kind of just feel the presence of a giant no, no, Dwarven. No. <laughs> and he looks. I'm checking. I'm checking the work of Mira. I don't get an opportunity to talk with dwarves who know a lot about dwarven history. Ah, fine, but be polite. Of course, I'm always polite. We are polite. Societal. Yeah. <laughs> just, ah, anyway. I'm sorry it's sloppy. I, I'm just gonna, I can <laughs> translate a little bit of it. I do it. not know what you expect me to be able to do here. Did you write Contain this? Contain the small. No, my daughter did. Put them in your bag. It was uh, independent research she did. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what to tell you. You have to speak with the Guild of Faith. They got most of the records. If you want to check something specific. Anyway. So Look. Marshal, was it? Yes. Uh, you and your... Comrades. Clan. How'd you get here? <sighs> Give me something right. simple. I can I can tell Commander Bronzebeard. Okay. He starts pouring. He just pulls out one of his many flasks and just starts pouring into two small cups. Here. All right. So you're gonna need this. Gotta do the dwarven high and then and, yeah. So she just, she just takes it. Yeah. Hands the cup back. Oh, asking drink. I appreciate that. Good stuff too. Anyway, so the best way I can explain this is. We're, um, we're individuals that are trying to protect uh, the innocent and uh, track down this evil slavers called the, uh, the Scarlet Triad. That's and the Guild of Arms job. What are you doing doing it in Sagarok? Well, I'm getting to that. Uh, we got this magic keystone, used it to open the magic gateway, which teleported us, well, apparently here. So we came across a couple of things. The purple worm chests us out, and then that weird thing with gogs and uh then the that that the stone toothy thing tried to eat me and my friends and That's uh now we're here so there's a portal there's a portal leading so yeah. what, what is the scarlet triad what okay the scarlet triad they capt they're most unfortunately they're made of mostly <laughs> humans and dwarves and they like to capture innocent people and sell them off as slaves. Is this a guild or a, a clan? I'm not entirely sure. We're trying to figure it out, but we do know that they have several commanders. We killed one of them after pursuing them, and we're trying to find the rest of them and take down the entire organization so they can stop, you know, slavering people. I don't think slavering is a word. I think it's drooling. Well, 
at that I'm point. I'm not good at words. <laughs> it could be a word if you, you know, use it you know, enough. Slavering is a word. It means to drool a lot because you're hungry. Salivating? So there's a portal of some kind leading out from wherever it is you hail from. Yes. You know what? I'm just going to do this. He takes like the closest thing to a stick you can find and he starts like drawing the closest thing to a diagram in the sand for her. Stop for a minute, I guess. <laughs> Turn around as he Marshall doodles in the, in, the, in the dirt here. He's doing it again. So there's a portal that leads oh, look, from the worm. somewhere <laughs> up the surface. <laughs> hey, look, there's hair. <laughs> Directly in the saga rock, and there's some scarlet triad trying to use that for slavery. Aye. We're still arguing about the, 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 the <laughs> grammatical correctness of the word slavering. What? <laughs> what are they going to enslave in Sagarok? The pawns? Honestly, we don't know. Oh, but that's why we're here, to find out. Look, this, this isn't something we know about. Not something I know about, at least. Certainly something i got to tell Commander Bronzebeard. Oh, yeah, of course. If of there's course. a portal leading to Sagarok from whatever, that's something the Guild of Arms needs to know, and something the Court of, Re the court of Regents needs to know with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a court? Look, and she uh, starts walking again. That was pretty sassy. Like, <laughs> no, no, like a court is in like dresses and like really nice things. No, the eye roll that he did. Oh. <laughs> she, starts, she starts walking again as you're getting relatively close to the walls of Caldwell. Goodness, she seems so irritated. I mean, think about it. Just, you would be too. Look, would I be irritated? I suppose I had to live down here and deal with that, deal with that nonsense. I mean, you're irritated quite frequently. Yes, but generally not by the company I keep. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> Probably because you're used to us. No, not actually, Raz. It, it, I'm, I'm still not quite used to you, but I still like you. Oh, thank you. Toss your hat a little bit. The guild <laughs> hall's not far past the wall. <sighs> I, com the commander will know what to do. What so does he I, command? Rest me. Rest me. Do the you Guild ask? of Arms. See, that's what I needed to know. He's the commander of the Guild of Arms. I I, I just kind of motion over to her. Stop like, Resme from asking she, questions. She's, she's irritating the dwarves. She just starts saying these dwarven rumbling noises. I have no idea what she's saying. Talk to her about she, dresses. I, she, yeah, Rashane's just kidding. A bunch of dwarven speak going yeah. around. And she's just, just like, talk to her about something she likes. <laughs> Keep her interested. I don't think she wears dresses. We don't like wear dresses. Oh, you could totally I'm sure she would look dashing in a dress. <gasps> You're so right. But no, as you get up about no. about 40 yards out from the wall, as the Gloa Cobbler is just starting to raise the light level around enough that you, the, the, the magic you have on your sword isn't super necessary anymore. He raises a hand straight up in the air, and you hear a bell tolling from up on the wall itself, uh, clanging twice. Before you continue forward. Oh. Open in the walls. Don't worry about it. Alright. Fall her lid. Stay quiet. Instantly not worried about it. Bye, Milani. If we get in there and everyone starts speaking dwarven at me. I'll stick really close to you, Miss Roisin. I'm a good translator. Yes, let the rat translate. I'm not in the mood. They gotta open the gates. I could translate. And lower the force field for a moment. Force. <laughs> but you follow Mish. Starfall. <laughs> <laughs> what? You follow Mish in through the gateway in the wall, walking for the first time now into Kovler itself. Made it. 
You did it. And we're all alive. No one died. We managed to get there. We did the thing. And let me... Definitely almost had a last-minute death. Hop us over yonder. Good old yonder. A brief moment because I did a dumb. What else is uh, new? Normal. Uh, Did you attempt a tech upgrade? No, I didn't turn off uh, token vision on this. I don't need token vision. Did you press the the button? You arrive. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's some zoom enhanced magic, isn't it? I like it. This is some zoom enhanced magic. Although I will give them that this is actually the inside cover of the book. Okay. So it's it's, it's something that was given quite a large amount of printing real estate here. At the northern wall of Kovler itself. And as you make your way in through the western gate here, through this road, past the ruins of Sagarak behind you, you can immediately hear as if you were walking through a doorway into a town hall, the sounds of life from the city beyond coming through immediately. Near silent from the northern side of the wall. But as you enter, the clatter of hammers on anvils, the rumble of cartwheels on graveled roads, and just the general bustle of a dwarven city very much alive and going about its business meets your eyes and ears. It is somewhat distant at this point as you arrive into a uh, decent stretch of no man's land uh, before what looks like a row of near perfectly identical rectangular buildings looking like army barracks lined up another couple hundred yards down the road. Between here and there are several huge sweeping graveyards that take up much of the northern end of Cobbler itself. Now the architecture here, the buildings immediately is much different from what you were seeing in Sagarok. Uh, It's clearly very much still the dwarven style, but it's much more modern. And much more of a modern dwarven style almost hybridizes uh, to something more akin to a city you would see on the surface as eras and aeons of trade from the Five Kings Mountains up to the lands above has influenced everything and homogenized the Dwarven culture and the Dwarven constructions to some degree. Uh, You're up on what appears to be the higher end of the city, uh, able to see past these barracks and as you come down the roads near the graveyards, down sweeping across Kovler itself, a city that seems to span a good maybe a mile and a half Hmm. of cavern straight out ahead of you and almost as wide before the cavern walls descend in the distance. But descending down still to a fairly large opening at the southern end of Cobbler, where you can see light. All the dwarves are unbothered by the dark. The city is quite well lit with massive lanterns and sconces set across the wall and down the streets, uh, warm light pouring out from the forges and buildings lining down every road. Uh, Functionally, it is daylight, so nobody needs to worry about (laughs) dark vision constantly being a problem in a dwarven city, because you can't see color in dark vision. It's still lame. You'd still rather have light. It is worse than just seeing normally. Uh, But interestingly enough, 
To your left, as you come into Cobbler, you can see one of what might be the city's more interesting features. Uh, the city slopes down away from you to a coast. A stony shore of a massive underground lake that continues off into the distance into the darkness further than the lights of the city carry. That is the most interesting thing I've ever seen. I wonder if they have a navy or if it goes out to the... Uh, would, the would the water catch to the surface? Could you sail up to the surface, I wonder? It's possible. Well, we'd have to be on the surface level. I mean, I assume this musing's in common. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else yeah. am I going to muse in? One of the buildings here, Gaelic. as you approach, is significantly larger than the rest that. of the Magic. Right here. Uh, on the side of the road as you approach. Uh, this one is several stories. Uh, two main floors with a third one rising up almost like a corner squared turret on one corner, overlooking this main avenue of entry from the town of Sagarok. And uh, Mish turns back to the group of you as you approach. That's the guild hall. Headquarters of the guild of arms. So where Commander Bronzebader should be. This is not in some business in the town. Alright. Well, let's go see him. And uh, that, That's the guild hall where Commander Bronzebeard will be. Welcome to Kavler, I guess. Where we're going, I oh, suppose. Oh, yeah. thank, thank you. you. It's beautiful. Thank you for your, thank you for your help. Uh, she comes out of the front of the building. She kind of stops sort of the broad but very low steps. The stairs that are almost awkward to take for a human uh, because they are both so deep and half the height of a, a staircase that you would be used to. You almost have to take two steps. Every other, ste- stair. Every other yeah. step is going up, Every so one leg gets tired. Every a little weird, yeah. yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. Uh, she'll go back into her bag and she'll dig around for a minute and she'll pull out. Don't on, shape stone the stairs. Here. It's very stairs. Uh, And she'll pull out this beautiful bottle that looks like it has aged mead in it. It's actually uh, a very fine bottle of dwarven mead uh, that looks very old and very, very Hold on, expensive. Music the wrong thing. Go back here. Marshall's like, where were you hiding that? Where you couldn't find it. <laughs> it's was best it, to come with a gift. Was it in a book? And Trisha dies. Burn! That's amazing! Burn! How are you still alive after that? He's got fire resistance. I do. She... <laughs> she looks back. There's this bottle you pull out. A little confused. Oh, appreciate it. But, uh... You lot... I guess wait here. I've definitely never been bringing back anyone alive from Sagarok before. Just, uh... We have a gourd we can stay in. What? Never mind. Just wait here a moment. Just, yeah. I'll go fetch the commander and figure out what he wants to do. Right. How's the gourd look? He got gnawed on. Yeah, I was about to say. It it really didn't, actually. (laughs) Oh, that's all the teeth coming up from under the floor. He got gnawed on. I know what his box looks like. (laughs) And, uh, she heads into the guild hall, where... 
the front of this building, over the door, there's no cover on this uh, porch, this stoop that leads up. And just the sheer flat face of the building going up two stories. Above it is a massive coat of arms of a huge double-bladed battle axe uh, set behind uh, a massive kite shield. Uh, and from the bottom of the kite shield, you can see the spiked head of a mace poking out below. The spikes of it radiating around, out around the bottom of the kite shield, almost like the rays of a sun. Uh, it's red on the background, white and silvered across the design itself. Relatively simplified and somewhat geometric. Uh, a bit at odds with much of the rest of the city, looking more almost like Sagarok's design than like modern cobblers. Mm. Prestidigitation trying to clean us all up so we look better for when we need it. Just out of curiosity, would my knowledge warfare uh, or lore warfare do anything with that press by chance? Uh, you could... You could roll, yeah, 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 sure. Roll me Knowledge Warfare. Seems like a good opportunity. It's the only knowledge I have. Uh, it's not bad either. Uh, for Warfare, that's a... Well, it's a 29... Or, I'm sorry, 26. Uh, well, 26. You wouldn't recognize it specifically, but it's clearly a guild crest, and I mean, based on everything that uh, Misha's told you on the way up here, mm -hmm. you're almost positive that that's the sigil of the Guild of Arms, uh, uh, the Guild of Arms of Cobbler. Okay. Uh, knowing how dwarven cities function to some degree, the Guild of Arms and the variety of guilds and guild halls that are within Cobbler are largely the major government of a traditional dwarven city. Uh, they're typically run by a coalition of anywhere from six to 20 guilds, depending on the size of the city, with the heads of each guild forming what is more or less the Senate that votes to keep uh, all operations and run the day-to-day -day of the city itself. All right. I was just uh, curious as to, like, what I, upon my travels and, you know, eyes and the Dwarvish army, if I heard anything about this guild. But yeah, if you'd ever come name. across, like, the Cobbler Guild of Arms, then you'd probably recognize it from that. Because, I mean, it is, uh, again, this yeah. Sagarok once was one of the five kingdoms the Five Kings Mountains is named yeah. for. So, again, you've probably, if not been to, heard of Cobbler before, yeah. and it would not be... Uh, Super rare symbol. So it's just kind of one of those, like, oh, this is them, huh? <laughs> Neat. Neat. <laughs> uh, I want to wrestle. <laughs> Resme will try to, like, pull herself together a little and kind of put on her uh, emissary hat. Um, she does have courtly graces. Okay. Um, she does know how to introduce herself uh, to a strange culture that she's never been a part of. So she'll kind of, like, almost put on, like, a different persona a little and uh, try to just stand up straight and wait patiently uh, with her hands in front of her, clasped in front of her. Fair enough. Ran <laughs> just has his decanter of water. He's just washing his face. No, I pressed a digitation. He's view. still You're washing fine. him. his face. He's not comfortable right now. He feels dirty. So we are dirty. People are <laughs> people are coming and going as you're just kind of waiting outside the fairly large stoop that leads up to the huge, oh, would actually be three independent sets of double doors that lead in uh, all uh, side by side leading into the guild hall here. Uh, you, as you wait for a minute and then two and then five. And then 10? Would see plenty of various dwarves going around their business here. Many of them wearing badges with emblems matching the coat of arms above the door. Uh, many of them equipped in much more traditional like dwarven heavy full plate with layered lamellar sets of pauldrons and uh, breastplates that are 
nearly doubling the width of the dwarf themselves. So many of them coming and going from the guild hall in pairs, and a lot of them giving somewhat weird skeptical looks to the group of you here uh, as they come and go. Sometimes conversations quieting as they sort of walk by, uh, giving you a fairly wide berth as they go in or come out before they resume whatever it is they were doing. This dwarven chatter's giving me a headache. <laughs> Lots of dwarven speak. I'm sorry, sweetie. But after about 10 minutes, after about 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Mish would come back out. And as she emerges, she puts one hand up to the back of her neck and uh, just like the telltale sign of oh. awkwardness of someone who is uh, clearly not generally a people-facing role. Uh, all right. Well, the commander's going to call the regents. Okay. Uh, I... I'm translating. Okay, thank you. I suppose I can take you down either to the Regent's Hall, and we can await the court there, or a commander suggested that I take you down to the Anvilers Guild Hall in Earthfire, right over there, and introduce you to Forge Master. Uh, we'd be honored. Don't suppose she can give us a place. She can show us to a place where we can get a good night's sleep, can she? I'll uh, translate. Is there any way we could have some place to rest for at least a little bit? We've been out without food and rest for near thirty hours. It will look like you had a hell of a time of it. And she looks across uh, Raz and Marshall and she I just kind of lift up my breastplate and be like, "Great, that's why the purple one <laughs> And she looks out towards uh, a prominent clock tower that's protruding up from the center of Cobbler. As you look down at it, you notice is not a traditional clock. It is not a 12-hour clock as as we would know it. It's actually segmented soundly, uh, one section of it white, uh, one-third on the back half of it a almost midnight blue. Uh, with a hand that's maybe around to where two o'clock would be on ours, but there are no matching tick marks. It only bears a single hand. No minute, no second, just one going through. Uh, Can I make a lore dwarven clock on that? Uh, go for it. Little, I want to know what's up with this clock. Man. Well, you see, underground. You I, I get that part. <laughs> Raz, Raz wants to just do his lore checks because I like lore checks. I like lore checks. I like you it wanna, when bar the bar gets you. You have to roll now because um, he's not me. I'm not you her. don't. I don't think this has a critical failure. This is. You could give it. This is you relatively could. common knowledge. So uh, this relatively will be common knowledge. A super lore. We're gonna DC, get clocked in the head. How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, for a 35? You would definitely know what the 35. I want to get the uh, the actual number before I give you something and screw this up. So, many dwarven cities, Kovler among them, they, it's not a regular looking clock because it's not a regular clock. Uh, 
this, you know, there's not a sun here. <laughs> We're kind of very, very underground. And and what have been come to be known on the surface and uh, because of the intersection of cultures where it's necessary to be able to distinguish between like surface days and dwarven days is colloquially referred to as forge days. Dwarven days are 32 hours long, not 24. Two, two thirds of that, much like the almost simulated daytime is a forge day. It's not exactly a two thirds split because I think it's 20 and 12. Uh, 20 hours of daytime, uh, after which the lights of the city are dimmed. Uh, the cavern will almost assuredly become much darker. Most of the road lights and lamps in a traditional city are all extinguished for the Forge Night's Rest, which is 12 hours. Hmm. Crazy amount of adjustment you have to do for that. A think lot of, of adjustment. Think of the jet lag. There's no jet. You, yeah, you get. You want to talk jet lag? You get portal lag. 20-hour day, 12-hour sleeps. That's how the calendar works here. Oh, I... Uh, that's not how we're going to work. <laughs> okay. that much. I mean... I forgot. Dwarven days are longer. They're 32 hours. Dwarven days are long. Yeah, 20 hours of actual day, 12 hours a night. You can't just decide well, that a day is longer. Well, it's not technically a day. Because that's because you're not the dwarf and don't understand. I know the dwarves are stubborn enough to go and try to make a day longer, but the world just keeps spinning. <laughs> well, they don't see this. Do we even know that the world spins? Are we in the era where we assume everything spins around Galarian? Where do you think? Galarian's I mean, yeah, flat. Via Galarian. magic. So it depends how much knowledge got lost because the ancient world knew it, and then Middle Ages happened, and we forgot most of it. <laughs> so that yeah, was called Starfall here. Okay, um, fair enough then. Maybe I we're am still part of the the flat the flat Galarian society. I imagine with all the magic and everything we have access to, it's probably relatively common knowledge. We like have access to entire like observatories. That's true. There are literal observatories. I, I'm sure they're probably aware that. We have gravity spells. Like, there are spells with gravity in the name, so yeah, we, we have some level of understanding here. But I think before we head any further into Kavler, the Regents Council, figuring out what we're doing here, we should take our midstream break real quick. Can, can yes. I tell Arcadis that he's a social construct? I mean, I, you I just suppose did. yes. We just did, did that already. So we have finally escaped. Mega hell, hell world. Oh, mega hell world. And have arrived in the city of Cobbler. As far as Roshin's concerned, it's just more subterranean people that speak a chatter she doesn't understand. Well, what's really interesting to me is from a, a standpoint of how everything functions here and like how Cobbler and Dwarven towns are fleshed out, this is almost stranger than Ocravel because the Ekajai and the Leopard Clan, like obviously they did some things differently. They had some different cultures and traditions she, she, and whatnot. She wasn't there for that. Yeah, but I mean, like, just in general. But, like, these these guys don't even have 24-hour days. Like, don't even use the same calendar. <laughs> like, this is... You would have think at some point they would have started, like, 
with the people they trade with to start adopting those calendars and time frames. I'm really unclear on how trade works between dwarven kingdoms and not dwarven kingdoms because no, they absolutely still use fortune. They're just too stubborn to change. I mean, I they feel are like, absolutely too stubborn to change. I feel like you might just be unclear on the way trade works. Period. Maybe if you want to trade with cobbler, you will show up when it is forge day and not the forge night's rest. And if you show up at night, you can just wait until wait the morning. Wait until the morning, <laughs> which might be the middle of the night for you when the dwarves wake up, and then we can do our business. But good news is it's a twenty-hour day to get get your stuff done. But yeah, you have a lot of time. You have yeah. a lot of time. You're gonna, be, you're gonna get so you'll be so dead. You're gonna by be the last barely time of conscious. That. By the end of it, you'll get there. <laughs> so everyone, we're gonna be right back. Give us a couple of minutes here. Get me back, back. into Sirenscape uh, here <clears throat> for my Kovlar sound set. It's just anvils constantly. And stones. It is stones being shipped. It is actually a lot of anvils. There's a <laughs> lot of anvils on the soundboard for this. And gibberish. Like I said, dwarf noises and dwarf smells. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of anvils and the smell of alcohol. Oh, it's like home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like storing lunch in your beard for later. Ew. I mean, he's not wrong. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> they put it in dormant zip You can put a little snack in there. You got enough. Yeah, there's, you can put a goldfish in there. Yeah, just goldfish. put some goldfish oh, in there. I love Top goldfishes because they're so know. delicious. I don't know anymore. They smile yeah. back. Once upon a time, perhaps. But I did See, I could it. put a whole sandwich in here. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember my old beard, trust me, I can put quite a bit in there. I don't know. I don't think it's that nice. I tried the beard thing back in college. You guys are it wasn't for me. No, it wasn't for me. <laughs> you chose to be here. Let's be really honest. You had absolutely no choice about it whatsoever. You, you know, don't get to have facial hair. You know, believe it or not, an itchy face is not entirely comfortable. So it was definitely, I didn't fight you on it. No. <laughs> Welcome back. Hi. Everyone Everybody. to the age of marriage. I don't know how we function. I don't know how we function. Barely. As, as people here. We make a game happen eventually, sometimes, occasionally. Sometimes. We even survive it sometimes. Hey, nobody's died. I mean, no one's died yet. Great. Not yet. I was close. Approximately one fifth of the time, in the in the long term. So, yeah. as we left off, Mish Oakcrest had just come back out, and you were asking her, "Is it Mish or Misha?" Mish, 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 Mish. Mish. Okay. Mish. the notes. Uh, you were asking Mish if there was any way that you could rest, and she looked up towards the clock tower. And we went over the concept of a forge day because they've had a race of people so obstinate that they just refuse to adhere to the way the sun works. Venezuela. Towards <laughs> <laughs> <Dwarves are Venezuelans. laughs> Zero hesitation. <laughs> Chavez didn't care, man. Fair enough. Wow. All right. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean I try really hard not to see Cobbler's Venezuela for this this campaign. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. That's a... I see why Jen married you. Anyway. It looks up towards the time. Ah. Uh, I... nap. We even have our own place uh, to sleep. Uh, oh, okay. Let me look. It's not like you've done nothing wrong. I, I barely understand how you got here, and it seems like the lot of you barely understand how you got here. The Council of Regents would like to speak with you about whatever it is you happen to know about 
a portal in a scarlet triad and slavery come into Kovlar or whatnot, but Forge Master Thunderflare. She is the one to be calling the council together. And my job at the moment, my orders, is to help the group of you either get to the council hall or get to the Antler's Guild. So, can you at least come to the Antler's Guild with me and ask the Forge Master? Sure. I, I, we yeah. don't want to make trouble for you. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. I know this is odd circumstance for all of us, but well, I don't know what else to do. It's the 15th it's, weirdest thing that's happened to us today. Don't feel bad. If it's any consolation, it'll probably take the council some time to convene. I'll probably be speaking with you near the end of the forest today anyway. You have... What, like, eight hour days? Or something? You could get a whole night's sleep in before yeah. they're actually ready together. Oh, we just... Me, I, I just need a couple of hours. Them, they need their babies. They need like eight hours of sleep. Well, I only need two, but I don't. Don't dwarf rest for twelve even hours. Water on eight hours of sleep. We live in dead. That fit right in at Sagarok. Well, I'm our, fine with two. Our working days are a lot shorter. How do you get anything done? Well, we have a lot more working days. Don't. What are you gonna let the steel cool half watered? Oh. Um, I don't work with steel. We don't work with steel. <sighs> it's more farming and how the sun. We have to. We have to schedule how our days work around the sun rising and setting. Oh my gosh, our lives are so weird. We don't even really do anything. We just we 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 hunt down criminals and well, monsters. Like we I don't have a, a. We have a weird work day. I was a teacher. Well, now you're 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 a member of of Hob. Anyways, and I'm the scout that's escorted into the forge master. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, let's, let's just go, guys. Just Come like, on. <laughs> Raz is switching back and forth, translating and then talking his words and then going back. He's probably putting on a little bit of a different voice, too, so he help Roshin. You're very dedicated. Thank you. So as you come out of Second the uh, Guild of Arms up here, Mish leads you out in the streets. Windows is doing some weird stuff in the background. We're going to help. Windows is like, hold on, wait <laughs> up. Whoa. It's trying to fast. understand. And updates. Yeah. It's trying Down to Got to reset your computer real quick. Hold into on. Into Kovler itself. And as you get into the actual body of the city here, it's pretty freaking impressive, honestly. The city is bustling. Uh, it's incredibly compact compared to a city on the surface. Clearly a result of the fact that they have a literal fixed amount of space to work with here. Uh, human settlements, settlements on the surface, elf as well, anyone, they expand over time. Even the warrens of the Ahsoki, they can dig more of them. Uh, but this cavern's only got as much space as it has. The settlement can't really expand. It can't keep growing laterally. And going to Saddle Rock. And uh, <laughs> going to Saddle Rock. There's always the surface. But many of the buildings here are packed very densely together. There is precious little, if any, unused space. Now, even on the gaps here, most of these are open areas for anvils or working areas where various pieces of work, stone is worked, tools are kept, laundry is hung. Everything is very compact. Uh, there's hardly alleyways between these various buildings, which again is still different from even what it was up in Sakharok. 
where the buildings were set across on wide roads with more standard uh, alleyways, passable streets between them. And as you come into this area here, the sound around you is just the clanging of hammers on anvils, near all the light permeating the area, coming from the roaring fires of forges. And uh, even down here in the cave, the ambient temperature, just in this district, is a good five degrees above what it was up at the wall you've just worked from. From the just the sheer quantity of smiths and workplaces, along the roads and passageways here. I wonder what they use for fuel down hey, here. Mr. Chishik, how are you feeling? Uh, Got warmer. Bit uncomfortable still in multiple holes in my back. Oh, besides those. Trishik, what do we say to people when they ask us what we do for a living? Mercenaries. It's not a bad answer. Uh, we could be traders, mercenaries. Yes. Individuals in the pursuit of more knowledge? No. I mean, the only other answer I can give you. The dwarves do not care about the knowledge. They care about a lot about knowledge. Not about your knowledge. Oh, they could. They care about the knowledge in stones and in metal. Oh. I, mm. I believe it's that's a very um, limited sight. I'll put it this way. They live underground. They cannot see very far. <laughs> they can see farther than me in the dark. Point is, <laughs> just for the time being, if anyone asks, say that we are mercenaries or part of a personalized guild or whatever, that's a more believable answer than anything else. I mean, we are exactly mercenaries. Exactly, we which is the truth. under the entity of Hub. I kill tyrants. That's my job. But, uh, I don't some think of that the makes you... more sneakier details, we need to keep quiet if you catch my drift. You oh. We don't already, have any sneaky details. You have already We're killing tyrants. I work for Severin. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly you know certain I do at any rate. Anyway, <laughs> point is, you, me, let me and Raz do most of the talking. You know that Severin technically is the president of Hob. I'm going paper? to eat your bird. If you... <laughs> as soon as I find a man or a woman who speaks common, I will be sorting out this story. They do not need to know much about where the portal is or what it functions is. Fair enough. I like this city. It reminds me of home. You pass by some very interesting sites here. Uh, there's a fairly large building a couple of streets over to your right. It looks less a building and more of an enormous open amphitheater uh, with rows upon rows upon rows uh, built up into the stone. Uh, the building itself sitting almost in a depression uh, as the roads kick downward around it. Uh, but these rows are not seating. Uh, they're full of benches and work tables. And at the front of them, rather than a stage, there is a massively oversized anvil, uh, larger than many of the buildings themselves, perched up in the center. Uh, obviously massively ornamental, but around it are a variety of uh, rows of individual furnaces, forges, sets of bellows, racks of tools and hammers, not inside of a building, but under awnings, all just open to the road with an assortment of not just dwarves, obviously it's almost entirely dwarves here, uh, but a couple of uh, other tradesmen uh, looking clearly from the surface working there as well. But you're brought down this main road 
towards the clock tower that you can see looming over the town. Uh, but you stop at the building right before it. This massively long structure here. The thing that looks like it has a magma river flowing through it? It has a literal magma river flowing through That's it. That would what be I was afraid immediately of. visible as you approach. This, the structure itself, again, very strange. This dwarven architecture, while it clings very hard to strict geometrical shapes, it's not your traditional rows of square buildings like they are on the surface. Uh, the main structure here is pentagonal, with five seemingly separate forges centered around the end of what looks like a channel of exposed magma underneath a pretty hefty cheese grate of steel above it. Uh, Assumedly, (laughs) probably stop people from literally falling into it. Uh, But Reyes, I believe I found fuel source. The magma flows very slowly through the center of this building, through this channel in the ground, towards the, uh, this pentagonal structure. And you can see that the magma itself, this pool in the center of the room, is the fuel for at least the five forges around it. Potentially much more. Uh, the central area, a large strip kept between walls with no actual <clears throat> overhead. It has a f- two separate freestanding structures near the middle of it but largely just serves as a connection uh, between a more standard, uh, more rectangular building on the far end with two enormous stone chimneys billowing incredible amounts of smoke into the air on the eastern side. It's safe to say there is at least a breeze down here. We might not be feeling much, but we're not getting smoked out. Barge master indeed. I'm very impressed with their safety protocols. Oh, yeah. I don't believe there are any. Oh, they, they're stopping people from falling in the molten magma. I thought that was just so you could heat things on top of it. Perhaps cook an egg or two. Well, we do it, both. Also, it also stops you from falling in it. Oh. I suppose have you, you could, fa- you could fall you into s- the griddle instead of into the fire. So. Have, you, have you seen lumber mills in human settlements? No safety at all. Staying away from the saw blade. That's one of them. Oh, you gotta be smart enough to do that. As you arrive at this, as you speak in whatever language me clear doesn't understand, yeah. Uh, she looks back towards Marshall. This is the Antler's Guild. Uh, I, I imagine you lot could just follow me inside. Aye. There's no, as far as I can tell, need for security like there is the Guild of Arms. Besides, I'm taking you to meet Forge Master Thunderflare anyway. Oh! Just be mindful. Uh, don't try to stay out of everyone's way. Don't go too near the forges. Aye. I take the work very seriously in here. What kind oh, wait. Of we, we know, right, everyone? Of course. I say in common. We are all going to behave, correct? Oh, yeah, unless I don't give me any lip. I do not have any plans to misbehave. He doesn't even understand Dwarven. I'm saying this in common. I know, I say that, I say that in common. <laughs> oh, okay. He can't misbehave if he doesn't know what they're saying. What kind oh, of. I have a mind to, but that's okay. I'll be, pl- I'll, I'll be polite. I'll be this, polite. This... Anyway, so we go in right behind her. As you make your way into the area, uh, why don't all of you that aren't Marshall make me a fortitude save? As you are literally within a dozen feet of an open channel of magma. It is very, very hot. I will resist the urge to punch someone to get my save better. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. Marshall, you grew up in this. Yeah. It's been a minute, and it's warm. And I'm actually a forged dwarf on top of that, so this is, like, exactly where I want to be. 
<laughs> That's what I mean. It's the Forge Dwarf. Yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> a Forge Dwarf. You've been making it too. Resme passes out from the heat. <laughs> At- I rolled like a three and four. It's not that hot. I mean, unless you're incredibly fragile all of a sudden. I rolled like a 21. You've been so hit by fireballs before. <laughs> this is true. Resume uh, looks faint. You would definitely be fatigued. Fatigued is uh, what we're rolling for here. Don't you have a fire resistance thing on it? Yeah, but that doesn't it's help with the temperature. Oh, yeah, it doesn't help the environmental effect. I yeah. am also fatigued. I only have I one. Nope, 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 nope. I am dumb. I am dumb. It's fine. You know why? Because my freaking staff has resist. Uh, resist elements? Resist elements. Does right, that you work s- on environmental effects? That's it's very, for it's environmental specific. effects. That's what it's for. Hey, is it, this oh. is um, environmental, environmental heat effects for one less. Desert rat. Desert rat. Desert rat. So you're fine too, honestly. If you're desert That's rat, good, you're also okay. <laughs> So Marshall and the desert rat are fine. Oh. You Woo. feel in the heat. Use your staff to cast resist <laughs> elements on yourself. What did you get? Christine? I get 36. How much did you get, Trishik? 20. Cold-blooded, no regulate heat good. I like heat, but not this much. You are actually going to be fatigued just from the overwhelming heat of an open channel of magma here. Uh, uh, even just being inside the building with it. And Trishik would kind of probably be visibly kind of drooping. Drooping Aww. even more just than a little know. bit. Yep. Yep. You all right? Sorry, it's called endurance. This is called milk. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, I just kind of. Um, you can walk. It's okay. I'll cast it on him too. I even, have enough charges. I think even if Marshall puts him over his shoulder, Trushi can st- is tall enough to still walk. <laughs> yes. Uh, Resme will bop you. He just you. kind of leans on Marshall. And just kind of his feet just start moving. It's like the, the two man horse costume. <laughs> the heat would uh, dissipate off of me, and I would feel much yeah, with, better. Uh, with resist elements, he'd be holding up a lot better here. And as you start casting spells, you draw some weird looks from people in the guild. Uh, Mish included, who look at you wondering what the heck it is you're doing. They can't handle They, they don't like to hit. But she would take you back into the main structure on the east end. Which, as you open the door, walking past the two doors flanking either side, this magma channel that runs through the middle. Opening the door, standing next to the magma channel, a wave of heat rolls out of the doorway. As the inside of it is the source of this magma channel, where it is actually piped up into the area. A massive combination of strange mechanisms, huge works of uh, plumbing, cranks and pumps of black metal are being worked by a few assorted dwarves here, uh, which is keeping everything flowing throughout the area, keeping everything even, clearly. As there are a wide variety of uh, assorted gauges, uh, dials, and uh, it's a surprisingly sophisticated assembly they have in here. Uh, It's a far cry from man standing at Anvil with hammer. Uh, What they have here in the Anvilers Guild has become a science of keeping everything working here, of perfect efficiency and functionality. And that's clear as day, even just looking at how everyone's working. Uh, Most of the dwarves are clothed in incredibly thick aprons of a massive leather, probably wider than your fingers, around, uh, just as a protective measure around them. Uh, Many of them also sporting some incredibly wide goggles that cover over the entirety of their eyes and even go down over their noses as well. Uh, But even though near every dwarf here has a fairly prodigious beard that 
apron is large enough that many of their beards are tucked back inside the aprons to keep them out from free hanging around the various uh, uh, the various hazards of Having the Anvilers Guild. Having a glorious beard does not matter if you burn it off. That can yeah, get it's hairy not glorious really anymore. Yes, OSHA does exist in the city. It does. Well, oh. this is really good at what they do. So as marshals will go around, like, oh, this is very, very is, is that the Blackbeard method that's being used on that turbine down there? And uh, Mish would come back and look. Probably. Not oh. much of a craftswoman, truth be told. Oh, well, I'm impressed. Very impressed. But she would lead you around to a dwarf who, working or uh, standing back in the corner at a uh, standing desk, uh, one side of which is actually a massive metal post uh, with the hammer and tongs hanging on the side of it. A woman that does not look remarkably different from the rest of the dwarves in here. Uh, she is, honestly, if anything, even a bit small for a dwarf. Uh, has this same enormous apron uh, that connects down to an entire uh, skirt hanging all the way almost down to her boots. And save for an undershirt that stops at the shoulders, not much other than that. Her outfit, very simple, very functional. She has a pretty massive stone hammer tucked into the side of her belt and her hair which clearly was once a very vibrant red but growing with streaks of gray up from the hairline pulled back into two curled braids that ring around staying close up behind her head never going deeper down than her shoulders she also has biceps bigger than my thighs she has biceps around the size of her torso this woman is absolutely jacked like she's i guess Hammered. <laughs> Ooh, rough. But as you uh, as you approach here, Mish drops down to one knee, putting one arm out uh, over the knee she has planted forward. Uh, Floor Master Thunderflare. I motion to the others, you know, bow like her. Why would you bow to this first? Just do it. <laughs> it's not the bottom. She does place. not notably look different. She has this weird big stone hammer on her hip, but like otherwise, really is not. Like, has no badge, has no symbol of station, really. She looks almost like everyone else. A dwarf knows. Uh. Forge Master Thunderflare. Uh, Commander Bronzebeard has sent me to escort uh, um, Marshal and his clan to meet with her. They've found some interesting things in Sagarok, and uh, the commander believes the Court of Regents to be called. Of course, at their discretion, Forge Master. And, uh... She turns around, looks at the the group of you. I'll curtsy. Waves you to stand up. Raz never never bowed. Yeah, you're bowing. (laughs) Get up, oh crest. Only to cling to such traditions. Uh, and she switches to Talden. I imagine the Gropia. Oh, thank God. Probably ain't as versed in dwarven. Not at all, actually. You think correctly. Oh. Some of us. She'd grab the neck of her hammer and hold it off up, hold it off of her belt, and hold it in front of her apron here. Ord's master, niece of Thunderflare. You are? Marshal. Just Marshal? Uh. For now, yes. For now, yes. <coughs> there is a couple of interesting things we have learned. Recently, I am Trushik. It is just Bushik. Raz, 
takes off his hat. Raz, just Raz. Not one for clan titles from the surface, I take it. Well, it's just Raz. I'm Roshin. I had a clan at one point, but it's just me now. Uh, I won't do the disgrace of trying to stumble my <laughs> thick tongue over that their name. You but... can just call me Resume, that's fine. It's an honor to meet you, Forge Master. A pleasure to make all the rest of your acquaintances. She puts the hammer back at her hip. Scout Oakrest. Tell the commander I'll take it from here. If I see need to call the Council of Regents, I'll send word to the normal channels. But as you were. And uh Mish nods and stand up, stands up. Of course, Forge Master. And uh, with a quick bow of her head, turns to leave. Hi, Mish. And, uh, nice, <laughs> nice meeting you. Forge Master uh, looks at the group. Yeah. It's a uh, understand unpleasant place for surface folk. Come on, we can speak upstairs or outside. I'm so happy right now. It's so warm. Raj just had a big old rat grin on his face this entire time. Oh, you like the heat too. It reminds me of home. The concept oh. of a rat grin Does is it? just so weird. Very toothy. He points to a staircase in the uh, the back of the room. Come on, we can head up to the offices. It's cool enough it won't burn paper up there at least. It's, uh, it's not <laughs> even the temperature so much as we have some magics to protect ourselves from that. We're just very injured and tired. Well, if Bronzebeard knew the absolute first thing about welcoming visitors or working with anything other than his own kind, he wouldn't have had you dragged in here by your scruffs the first thing you walked into Cawthler, it looks like. Ugh. Like, y'all look like hell. Oh, we feel enough, like it. It's an enough description of what's outside the walls, actually. We feel like hell. Come on, it's cooler upstairs. The bellows blow the hot air down the channel. Very kind of you. Thank you. And she uh, takes the group of you up to the top floor where it is literally like 20 degrees cooler. Uh, it's oh. definitely still warm. It's probably like in the 90s, but it's not like face meltingly hot anymore. Mm. It's just hot. It's more tolerable. Uh, but as she gets up there and uh, leads you through a much more traditional upstairs area, uh, hallways with a couple of offshot rooms uh, lined up up to a, a third story uh, where a door leads into a fairly large office that dominates at least half of the top floor of the eastern side of the Anvilers Guild. Now, there's a massive stone desk set up here. And the building itself, walls, floors, and ceilings, even all the way up to the third floor, is seems to be almost entirely of stone, uh, if not completely of stone or bits of metal supports. Uh, there's no wood anywhere, not even in most of the furnishings. The desk in the center, a massive, almost rectangular slab of a much darker stone, Fronted with another coat of arms, uh, with something looking much akin to her massive stone anvil, sitting in the uh, the center of a pair of spread tongs beneath it, uh, forming almost a three-pronged uh, sigil, bending out to the head of the hammer itself at the top. And she heads over towards the desk, takes the hammer off her belt, and lays it on the surface uh, before turning around to speak with you. All right. Symbol is stationed down. Not speaking to you as the Forge Master right now. Just as Nisavan. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Look, if. Oh. If Ithgar's first thought was to send you all the way down here and have me run to call the Court of the Regents together, 
I imagine you got an interesting story to tell, so let's hear it. Before we tell story, is there a presence in the city known as Scarlet Triad? Have you perhaps heard the name before? Not a group I'm familiar with. What are they? Slavers and a few other things, but... Uh, they killed our friends, and that's why we're chasing them. They've caused trouble all over the pl- all over the world. Not good people. Well, if they're hoping to make something happen with a new franchise out in Kovler, that'd be about the worst place on or under Galarian they could seek to look at. Well, it's actually one of the best. How you figure? Unfortunately, most of the triad is made up of humans and dwarves. All right. There is a portal to the surface about how far would you say? Uh, twists and turns, it's hard to tell, but about, about a couple stones. About, about seven monsters, three aberrations, eight plants that want to kill you, and four caverns that way. You just said you came through Sagarok. <laughs> I, I know Misha mentioned you had some information about it, but... Yeah, the point of being, it is within walk of here. One day. One day. One our days. Yes, one of one surface dweller days. It's about two and a third kilometers as the bird flies. The bird you flew fly. in circles everywhere. Do not count. Not <laughs> there's emergency rations. I'm saving it for later. All right. So, <laughs> to my understanding, there's a portal you came through in Sagarak that leads to where exactly? Back to this, the surface. To this triad. No, 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 just to the just just to the surface. The, the, we seized the parcel from them, uh, but they were trying to come here through other means. There apparently is something down here that they uh, desire, and they also want the portal. Well, obviously, a lot of you just arrived here, so I can't imagine what they could possibly be looking for. I don't know if you know much of the history of Kovler, but. A very pious city. Uh, one very much in lockstep with the Forge Father himself. Hmm. Uh, the very I... mention of the name of Drosker would get you beaten half to death in most of the pubs in the city. Drosker? Forgive our ignorance, we're not familiar. The forgotten son of Torags. And truth be told, most too wish they weren't either. He was the Imposter. The. There's a word in the Talden tongue for it. But, uh, and she says in Dwarven, plagiarizer. Oh, plagiarizer. Ah. Never quite capable or quite willing to smith out work himself before his own legacies. He stole that from others. And much of what he leaves behind is forgery. And slaves. Any kind of slavery, that's Drosker's domain. It's his work. And the city of Kovler would be seen as such instantly. I see. There's not a man, woman, or child here who'd give a second of thought to that. So. It could be that they simply do not care about the city in particular, but something nearby. It's also possible that they have no care for the laws or traditions here. Uh, certainly in Ravenel the most recent free country on the surface. Uh, they saw no trouble of enslaving population there under the noses of the new government. Hmm. So you're thinking they're not so much looking to bring slavery here, but to take 
Yes. There's Sensu up in there, their, their haste, but there's there's other things about them as well. Uh, it's not just slaves that they deal with. Uh, indeed, uh, this gate we came through, it's a, from a network of old parcels. Uh, we were able to manage to secure the keys to. They're looking to use it to gain an advantage in their dealings. But it seems to be more than just slaves that they do. Yeah. This sort of talk is quickly leading out of the Talton words that I know, and it's much more the domain of Archmage Sumer and the Mages Guild. Oh, well, but, uh... Uh... We would be happy to explain it to anyone you wish, if you'll just let us sleep for eight hours. <laughs> we, uh... I can't believe Ithgar marches straight up here with one of his scouts to come in in such a condition. Well, you know the purple worms around here? I know of them. Lifts up chest plate. Yeah, it tried to eat me. It tried to eat you? What was it, a baby? <laughs> no, it was full size. I was just a lot bigger. I'm it part was, of the giants. It was impressive. He curled right out of its mouth, forced his way out and everything. It was very good. Then we set it on fire. Impressive. Or an embellished tail. The, One or the other, like one's the fishers and tail. The, the walls of that building, the gugs were almost fishers. like me. Ha, you have fishers here. I was actually wondering about the water line when I was walking down and I saw it. Ah, Blue Crab Lake. Yeah, it's, uh, other than trade, about half the food we produce here. That and the fungus farms to the south. Ooh, makes sense. crabs. I love crabs. There weren't just crabs in there, but, I mean, there's, of course, the namesake. Look, let me cut out the chase here. This Scarlet Triad, this Portland Sagarok, obviously, seems like it's something worth knowing about, something worth taking into consideration, certainly something worth taking to the Mages Guild. But you think the Scarlet Triad's posing a threat to Cobbler? Yes. Yes. It seems to be yeah. the case from what we could gather from the evidence, which is why we came here so quickly. And she picks up her hammer and taps on the table twice. Right then. Then I'm speaking to you as Forge Master. I'll call the Coil Regents. You can tell your tale before us all. And we can figure out how to go forward. Uh, whatever uh, you wish. It is and, uh, forge. also possible that they would have infiltrated. Uh, be careful, I suppose, about who you talk to in private. I can't imagine that they've somehow managed to take control of any of the guilds of the city, but... They've done some very sneaky things. Um, Even telepathy so. to Marshall? We need to tell her the family name. Or she's not going to know what to look I for. I pulled your sheik down in a rooksy. Why are we not mentioning Emberbeard? Because <laughs> <laughs> Roshin was literally just about to ask yeah. her anyway. <laughs> back in Aroxy, I'll say, I don't know if we can trust her. Okay. I look at her. Can I trust you? I'd like to hope so. <laughs> I'd like to hope so too. I'd like to trust everyone until they uh, don't. Hold on. Allow me. If I may. You may. I walk up to her. Firm arm out. Clan dagger in the other hand. <clears throat> If I may. Uh, heats it up with just his uh, pure dwarven energy. <laughs> <laughs> the dwarven spice. Peak. All right. She's trustworthy. I, huh? I'm i not going to question it. Does, does, does the name, um, and then in dwarvish, in, I get the pronunciation right, Emberbeard, mean anything to you? Well, I'm familiar with, no. But I don't exactly keep tabs on every man, woman, and child in Kofler. Uh, certainly none of the council members, none of the... Oh, good. ...guildsmen that I'm aware of. That, not a name I know from my own guild. Well, that was our uh, particular <coughs> concern. 
You see, we have learned recently that one of his relatives is on their side. Ah, you bring inside information then. Uh, it's I, starting to come together a wee bit clearer now. I uh, was a little hesitant with my family name for a reason. Well, I'll tell you what. It's early in the fodder today. Someone in the Council of Regents is going to take some time. Aye. But if you want rest... I have a gourd if you just give me some place to set it up. An inn would be fine as well, and thank you. Maybe a place for food and drink, just oh, to please. recuperate. I feel like my tolerance is starting to fail me. No, right. Gourd's not what I think it is. It's, but, uh, no, it's, a, gourd's it's exactly a magic house thing we make. You, you think it's exactly what you think it is. If you head down to the south end of town, the Traveler's Quarter, quite a few inns that are in it there. Right. If you're looking for beds, uh, you know, if you have some sort of means to make your own, uh, have beds. do whatever it is you need to do. We just want to... Place the set cap for the night. But, you know what the council hall is? Uh, I believe it, we were shown it was a, that way, roughly. Back up at the uh, top of hill. Actually, not far from here. You go back out the Anvilers uh, Guild doors onto the main uh, road. Head straight, take a right, head straight down, out past the edge of the Earthfighter District. It's a massive building that'll be coming up on your left after the second turn. Aye. Enormous, adorned with the crests of all the guilds of the of Kovler. Oh, nice. Even not being from here, I imagine you can recognize it with that. Okay. Well, when should we arrive? Maybe first day in that dwarf uh, forge day? If you meet us there in 10 hours. 10 hours? Hopefully I've... that'll oh, give you time God. to rest. I pull out. That'll be plenty. A little clockwork dial and just turn it to 10 hours. I have a timer. Graz has a timer. Has an egg timer. Right. Where did you find that now? Well, um, I thank you for your cargo? courtesy. Absolutely. In your presence and your advice, and thank you for uh, passing the, the old traditions. Let me ask you, what is it you come into Kovler for? You came through this portal of Sagarok. Was that your aim? Well, we to no come through to come through that hell world of Sagarok. We had no clue where the portal went. Our goal was to secure the other side, and here we are. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a wee bit of advice before the court summoned. Don't tell the archmage who went walking through some kind of a magical portal with no idea where it went. Aye. <laughs> not a good foot to start off on. We no, roughly where it went. We did not know exactly where it went. But how far away it went from where we were actually trying to get to. By In other words, time... just don't mention the portal at all. The point is, you were trying to come to Cobbler? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just to warn us about the Scarlet Triad, are you seeking them? Both. 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 Seeking them. We have scars to settle as well. Well, if I can pull the Court of Regents together, you can tell your tale before the guild, uh, the guild leaders. And I suppose our council will decide if there's any way we can aid you. Or if it sees fit to do so. We appreciate it. Thank you. At the very least, if they haven't made it here, or if they don't have any other sort of influence, then we can at least be satisfied with that. But for now, ain't gonna keep you here any longer. Aye. You've been through Sagarok, and it looks like you've been through hell before that. Find yourselves a bed. Get some rest. Thank you. Regents Hall in ten hours. You can make your case. All right. Now, I will let you know. There's the hammer upside down. Holding the handle with two hands right below the head. You need a cobbler. And I imagine, save for you, Emberbeard, might be new to Dwarven society as a whole. Very tradition-focused. And your presentation to the courts is going to be very much up on appearances. Especially with you being 
well, and she kind of looks at uh, Rashik and then over at Rez, then really looks at Rez. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for help from the council, I see no reason not to aid you, but I'm only one voice, and you might have yourselves an uphill battle. Well, based on everything we have told you and your responses, we should have no problem telling the entire story. Something occurs to me here. <sighs> Am I going to have to be doing the talking? No. no. Are we going to actually be speaking to the speaking to the council in Taldane, or...? I believe most of the guild's leaders at least speak Taldane. We could do it if in they could, Dwarvish. We if have they open could bend, trade, and they got much business with the surface. If they could bend tradition at least that much for us, we'd much appreciate it. I would certainly appreciate it if you could speak to them in their language, but if you're coming to them as a group, and it seems like the group of you all are working together, if any of you are just bodyguards and mercenaries uh, following along, you may not want to show it all. I want to hear from each of you. I want why you're here, what's in your heart, and what hurts your eyes. Definitely the eyes. I do not believe that oh. will be a problem. We'll go over some quick lessons of Dormant Society before we begin. Also, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say, you and me will have to educate them on proper Dwarven etiquette. I first, suppose I'd get the dress out again. Does that in have a bath? Oh, no, no, no. We use soot. Have, in most mud. of them do. Oh, well, I've been in settlements where they don't. You use soot in mud. <laughs> You've been in settlements where they ain't got baths in the inns. Yeah, it very poor settlements. You have to go to a creek or a, a river nearby to wash. It was awful. If somebody awful. doesn't take me to the inn soon, we're going to have a problem. Anyway, we have so, a lot of problems. As we're about to exit, I just, I just, I just hand her like a small thing of my drinking horn. Like, that, that, that's why we're saying thanks. Bye, thank you. I'm just kind of <laughs> shepherd the group out here. And uh, I'm like, come on, kids, let's go. <laughs> so then the group of you are going to be here in Kovler. Nap time. Left much to your own devices to find what it is you can do. Much uh, sleep. What you're looking for, find an inn. Step one, locate an inn. Well, she told you to walk to the south end of town to get down to the traveler's quarter. I'm so tired. <sighs> do you need to it's probably only in? like 1 p.m. at this point. I think exhausted is exhausted. a better word yeah, than we're tired. Exhausted. Oh, it's so, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I think the N is that way. That way. That's south, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll send Severin up. <laughs> Gave us directions. I know, but I'm sending I mean, him directions up. Directions to the district. To, to the district where there's a bunch of inns. Uh, I'll send Severin up and I'll share vision with him so that we can find it. Finding your way down to the southern end of town is... Not an incredibly massive challenge. Just go south, forehead. Uh, a little <laughs> bit of, For this party, it is. A little bit of knowledge and perhaps some survival uh, would let you realize that you came in at the extreme northern end of Codler and you're heading to the far side of it. Uh, again, it's a pretty decently sized city and it's very dense. Making your way through the streets around all the various carts and wagons, uh, you note that one of the main differences, one of the most immediately clear and apparent differences between Codler and a settlement on the surface is the almost complete lack of livestock. Uh, you go through a city or a surface town, and there's, of course, all kinds of farms, a wide assortment of farm animals, but there are constant horses, oxen, even donkeys for people that can't afford much better, pulling carts and wagons around, uh, moving bits of stock, moving harvests. Like, it's a huge, realistically, it would be a huge part of life in any town. There would be animals absolutely everywhere. Uh, and there are almost none down here in Cobbler. Hmm. 
Uh, occasionally, there would be carts pulled by small, uh, in, small but incredibly stocky and sturdy, uh, more ponies than horses, because the roads here are much narrower than the roads up on the surface. Uh, the carts they bring, not bringing in farms harvests of huge heaps from massive fields. The goods they're moving are generally much more condensed, much heavier. Uh, most food so you brought in through a main road that you can see leads all the way out to the western side of the cavern that Kavlar is settled within into a chasm and a tunnel that seems to continue off into near infinity. Uh, but with light, torches, or something, clearly illuminating the passage as it goes. And that road being much wider than the rest very heavily implies that that, at some distance, may lead back out to the surface, may mm -hmm. lead back out to a primary trade route. And it is among this main road that you start to very clearly find inns. Uh, many of the signs outside start to transition from symbol, almost coat of arms, clan-like sigils, to more traditional signs written in Talden, hmm. uh, written in the common tongue, that are clearly aimed at Sleep travelers here. and merchants and not the actual folk <laughs> of Kavler itself. Uh, there are several inns, the first of which that you would pass, the most northernmost, would be this rectangular building over here. Yes. Yeah. We, we take the first one, thank you. If it doesn't, if it isn't like collapsing and isn't... smell bad, we'll take As it. As a matter of fact, it would look far the opposite. Uh, the it's warm light nice coming from inside with actually a very sweet but not overpowering smell. Uh, the sign, the top half of it is actually just a golden plate of leaf uh, with Taken. quite fine text in uh, Talden below that spelling out Gold Sky Inn. Oh, yes. Wow. Fancy. Wow, 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 wow. They might not want me there. <laughs> More Marshall. And it has no... It's in a dwarf town. It has no visible, like, even front doors that close so much as it just has a stone-arched opening uh, leading up from a wooden porch. In the hmm. southern half of this city, you do actually start to see a lot more traditional wood incorporated into some of the buildings. Uh, but the more you look, you can see it's almost exclusively either porches or awnings or things that are added on, almost like a wood facade mm. on the outside of a stone building. Nothing like structural. Yeah. Well done, but clearly... For decoration For decoration, decorative purposes and to make it appear perhaps more common, more relatable to travelers or merchants coming through from non-dwarven societies. That's nice. Uh, but if you head inside the Gold Sky Inn, the hustle and bustle of Kavler would immediately fall behind you, as the inside of this inn is well lit, but not, actually not even as brightly so as the streets. Uh, the various lights hanging close to the ceiling, inside amber orbs, Giving, uh, of glass, giving an almost yellow glow to the room. Uh, the ceiling of the common area as you enter, coated with intricate designs, including large areas completely filled with more of this gold leaf and gold filigree. Uh, clearly an extravagant structure. Mm. I don't know how expensive it's going to be to stay. Don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Hmm, that'll be a platinum for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> As you come inside, you would immediately be met on the other side of the door by a dwarf with the top of his head actually unshaved bald. His beard 
woven into a much tighter, thicker braid that almost kind of doubles back like a knot on itself, so it only hangs down to about the middle of his chest. Uh, but the hair of his beard, much more smooth than the traditional, like, even braided, the rugged, loose hair of a dwarf, looking almost slicked, like it's well-gelled. Like it doesn't wobble to and, <laughs> and fro? And he has a similarly mannered mustache that just kind of connects down with a thin frame to this huge mm. beard below. Oh, just one hair going it's down. It's one of those. And he, he stands there in his nice little dwarven suit, looking much akin to a tuxedo, a black suit. Is that's this more like a gnome than a dwarf? What's a, he's, he's a, why, because he's dressed well? He's not a dwarf? <laughs> no, because you're saying he's small and he's well-groomed. Well, he's a smallish dwarf. He's very wide. I mean, dwarves are built like frickin' refrigerators, so like... Not all of them. Also, you're like eight feet tall, so they're all very small to you. Seven <laughs> foot one, thank you. <laughs> he's petite. They're bigger than me. Folk. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you just got done talking to Biceps, the Forge Master. <laughs> and like... And you hate that's, well, that's why I think this might be a gnome. This guy is not that. <laughs> this, this guy is much more svelte in his build and his appearance. He stands... Uh, hands folded in front of him and nods and uh, out in common so who would whoever be leading the group here probably resume realistically uh, if you're not tired too tired yeah. Uh, yeah would say out in common ah, welcome to the gold sky inn uh, finest rest in all cobbler thank you uh, we are desperately in need of baths rooms and food uh, and the finest rest in cobbler <laughs> and uh, maybe some ale two rooms please and uh Baths and meals all around. Oh, quite a party here. Two rooms, two beds each? Yes, please. It can certainly be arranged. A bathroom adjoining chambers. We'd probably and need a, a third at some point. No, we don't need a third. You can just sleep on top of me. I'm not on top of you. He we just could, sleeps under the bed, it's fine. <laughs> we can bring you a bedroll if you wish. Right. Just spread him a pillow. I have one. <laughs> it's fine. I can make do. Very well. Uh, we don't run on the forge hours clocks. Uh, we have rooms available all night and day. Anytime oh, you need to be rested. Thank you. Thank you. Your hospitality is most appreciated. Aye. We find many weary travelers have difficulties with the change in times. Serve to abide that as simple as possible. And uh, he gestures to a uh, table he has near the door where it has uh, a pair of little clockwork devices with glass faces, one of which mirrors the forge clock. Uh, up in the center of town. The other, a much more traditional 12-hour clock, showing it is about probably 12.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how can he? I, I hate to be very, very rude. Um, if we're, we're staying here, right? Yeah. Where's yes. the bats? Where's the, I'm sorry? Bats. Oh, the bats will be uh, joining to the chambers themselves. They don't have communal ones. We got uh, each for each individual chamber. That'll work. Goodness, how, how fancy. Very fancy. Lovely. Uh, Only the best at the Gold Sky Inn. Uh, for a pair of rooms, it's going to be eight silvers each night, so uh, 16 silvers for the two of them. Done. <laughs> and that includes the adjoining baths, of course, uh, with a pair of faucets. So you can have the water warmed by the magma channels when you need the cold blur to be as warm as you want, or chilled out from the depths of Blue, Cra Blue Crab Lake if you're looking to cool Resume's off. Resume's eyes light up like he just offered her a birthday present. Raz's did too. A pair of faucets for fresh magma if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. I might take that offer. <laughs> and while you're staying here, uh, we've been adjoining theater in the back. Amid the forge day, performances usually go in throughout. Actually clanking like that. <laughs> See, uh, he suddenly got a burst of energy. A second wind. 
Bath can wait. Entertainment. We're going to wear our theater dresses, and I actually did buy us masks when we were in. Last. Let me take you by the counter and get you checked in proper. Oh, of course. (laughs) And he leads the very excitable group of you. Uh, over to a chamber where they have a very surprisingly modern arrangement, uh, where the stairs lead to an upper ring uh, around the square building itself, where the various rooms are laid down uh, all off to one side of an inner walkway Hmm. uh, that leads around an open central area with a large stage built into it. Uh, The rooms are very much well appointed, and he hands you two different small metal keys uh, that open up the two sets of rooms uh, after taking the coin from you and uh, personally shows you up to the pair of rooms into your very well-appointed suites. The gilded ceilings continue up to the second floor as well uh, with an emblem of half of a sun above one half of the room with almost waving rays of filigree petering out as they go across to a kind of almost scattered bit of small twinkling flecks of gold throughout the far side of the ceiling. Uh, The room has windows overlooking the eastern side of Cobbler out down to the Blue Crab Lake over the rest of the Traveler's Quarter and down to the shores themselves. And two spectacularly appointed beds. Very plush heaped with thick white quilted uh, sheets with a banded strip of gold fabric uh, along the top of them. It's taking every ounce of willpower not to just collapse on that thing right now. (laughs) Ball plate just pop! (laughs) Before I go into the room, I'm like, Uh, question for you. Where's the the magma bath? Well, the bats, uh, he leads you back to uh, another door that was... No, 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 actual magma. (laughs) For what it is worth, out of character, um, fire resistance does not apply to magma. <laughs> I mean, it does, but it's not really going to help you. I'm going to have to refer to the uh, the Pathfinder First Edition rules for lava and magma. Yep. I'm going to have to refer you'll, you to You'll a... just die, you die. slower no, and more painfully. <laughs> Give was, me one more level. It was my We're favorite random third-party splat book. It was, I'll have to show you later, and I'll post the link like on the Two Perception I mean, Twitter to reference it. There's a third-party splat book. It's called something really simple, just like Magma and Lava Rules for Pathfinder <laughs> First Edition. Wow. And it's for those of you... Because in First Edition, you fall in lava, you take like 66 fire damage around. Like, it's literally nothing. If you get fully but, submerged. But they uh, <laughs> they added a supplement, uh, this this nice publisher, to make more realistic third-party rules. And it's really funny because it's formatted like totally straight face. It's like a table <laughs> of contents. And everything, and then it's got all the like the framing and like effort went into this, and then it just has like one line: uh, "If you fall into lava or magma, you die. No save." Nice. Well if done. you have fire resistance or fire immunity, when you fall into lava or magma, you die. No save. <laughs> like, <laughs> Darn. Best two dollars on drive through RPG I ever. I'm pretty spent. sure it was free because it's, it's obviously That's just worse. A, it's it's really. And it has like a variant oh. rule section of uh, optional. If you d- if you have fire immunity and you fall into lava or magma, you do not die. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it if you follow any perception on Twitter. I'll link it after the show. It was just hilarious. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Is, it. it. Would recommend ten out of ten. So, but uh, all jokes aside, I guess I can't really bathe in magma. Although it would be very martial appropriate. hot water, you can. You can get very hot water out of the taps. Practically uh, boiling. 
between their access to the water from the depths of Blue Crab Lake, which he tells does actually, out, out of the deeps of it, extend down over 100 feet. It is very cold, uh, far from the lights of Cobbler, uh, and this is deep enough beneath, beneath the surface that it gets no ambient heat from the sun, but not so deep that it's just passively warm from below. It's almost ice cold down there. Uh, f- absolutely frigid. I'm sorry, how cold is it? Almost ice cold. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What? Now, fellas. Ladies? Yeah. And the other one pulls water uh, that have been run right adjoining to the magma channels that fuel many of the forges throughout Cobbler and gets to basically boiling as it comes out of the tap if you want it. <laughs> so you're able to run a bath through the full gamut of temperatures here. Gamut. And the adjoined bathing chambers are similarly well-appointed to everything else in the inn here. It is, this is, the Gold Sky Inn is clearly the no expenses spared, very high-end fancy establishment. I mean, eight silvers for a room is actually astronomical. (laughs) Um, Yes. We're just like, on the counter, gone. I want to sleep now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... They are carved stone bats, again, set with a trim of a thin band of gold filigree among the top of them. Uh, gold filigree in the bathtubs. My kind of place. Jesus. These guys aren't screwing around. The shampoo has gold flakes. Yes. <laughs> I've actually seen that before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that is a thing oh that God. exists. Like in soap. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start running the bath immediately. Yep. In the other room, I'm running the bath immediately. Roshin is only delayed because she has to get her armor off and not get it wet. It's <laughs> to okay. To be a stinky lizard or to not be a stinky You're lizard. taking a bath. It, it's okay. We if should. I have Raz, to take a bath, you have to take a bath. Raz insists everyone takes a bath. It's good for your health. Good for your hygiene. I'll share my bath. You have a pair, yeah, of, you chambers. You have a pair of chambers with uh, two beds in each, each of them adjoining to uh, <laughs> one bathing chamber with a uh, fairly large single bath in each. Uh, and these two rooms that are next to each other, the bats are up against what will be the same wall. Uh, seemingly the water coming up for the pair of faucets run up, of course, for each set of suites here. But there's no, like, adjoining door or anything connecting your two suites. You can Morse code to each other. I was going to say, we can communicate. You can tap on the wall no, and you can communicate I, if you really I, wanted to. I just to. have telepathy. It's fine. Telepathy also works, but you could also tap on the wall and communicate yeah, with each just, other, you which just is hear, way more fun. Yeah. Raz is digging around. Double time Morse code. Rooting in his bathtub. <laughs> Snooting around trying to arrange the water arrange properly. The water properly. <laughs> but there's three of us in one room and only two bathtubs. Yeah, you're taking. Well, there's two bathtubs within the two rooms, so there's oh, okay. five of you in two bathtubs. One bathtub per room. It's all right. Oh, okay. Rasheen was... and I don't mind sharing. I don't well, mind. I, that's gonna be girls and guys. <laughs> that's I mean, how we're splitting. Yeah. Realistically, it'll so probably you be three Rez. are gonna have to. Well, I imagine Trishik, Marshall, and Rez are in the yeah. room, obviously, because we're doing yeah, split it. I imagine. Trishik just turns on the cold water and just curls up at the bottom of it and just sits. <laughs> 25 minutes underwater yeah. is taken in <laughs> Now, after we get all cleaned up and get some food in us, you and I need to talk to the elders about the dwarven etiquette and whatnot. I I think we need to sleep. We I need mean, to rest. Uh, okay, fine. After the cat nap, but I definitely want some food in me. I just want to sleep. <laughs> I just, I'm so tired. <laughs> fine, as soon just, as we got in the room and he saw the bath, everything just kind of... I just... As he's falling asleep, I just carefully put him up, put him on the bed, put the blanket over him, and then I go into my bag and start eating potatoes. 
sitting on the floor in the swankiest inn and cobbler, eating raw potatoes out of a sack. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. Meanwhile, Resume is adding lavender oil as well. <laughs> to our, the bath. For Raz's bath, he actually just pulls Trishik in. There's just rock salt and... <laughs> it's more like a stew than a bath. And even without the stuff that you had brought, there would be a, a small assortment of various soaps uh, on the, the side of these. Uh, various scents, one much plainer, uh, much more standard with almost no scent whatsoever. Probably about four of them arranged along the side of the bathtub. I would definitely be using oh. the basic non-scented one. I want regular soap, please. I'm That's washing. Raz, Raz, yeah. is, Raz is actually going to convince Tushik to try to, to just bathe with him. That way he can wash Tushik and cast some more magic on him. <laughs> he has a little bit more magic and Tushik is still very full of holes. I'm just going to be lying I down on the bottom of the tub. That's fine. It's like the lizard that just crawls <laughs> in the water bowl and just lays down. <laughs> I'm, no, I am fully underwater, just taking a small nap. Yeah, you're like an alligator at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just let him be in the bathtub by himself. Because if, if I, I mapped it out, and I can hold my breath for like over half an hour. 25 times longer than normal. That, that's an Aruxy fee, right? Yeah. No, that's, that's breath just, control. That's just regular breath yeah. control. Yeah, yeah. Anyone can have it. Aruxies kind of get it for free. Uh, Wait, that's, that's something that normal people can I was, just take? Yeah, I yes. thought it was a racial fee. No, no. no. You just racially fee. got it for free. Yes. That's kind of ridiculous. That's yeah. crazy. Because regular people can just hold their breath for a freaking half hour. I guess you, you think the free feet, divers? You're, like, you're like a pearl diver. I mean, you spend a feet for it, so like. Free divers, people do it all the time. That's true. People do literally. I mean, they're actually exerting. I mean, crazy people, but yeah. I'll be a man. Barely conscious in the bottom of his pool. I'm Rez. Bathing. You can scrub your sheets. Drop that couple more magics on him. Scrubbing I know we're about the rust and soothing him. This a couple second level. Not even going to be aware it's happening. Yep. Yeah, I'll blow the last of my spells to go and, and crank out some heal too. I'm just potatoing until I feel better. I'm a little <laughs> injured, but nothing that I can see don't care. It's two second level spells going on him. And, and I still have Me a tart too. left. Yay. I'll, I'll eat my last tart. So okay. 34. I've got a third level and a second level. Because I'm definitely... I look like approximately one third of my wounds have been healed. <laughs> one third. <laughs> can I medicine again or no? Or you can, you can just, regular medicine. Yeah. Yeah, you can't battle, but the one okay. action battle potato that's right, is you're the right, one right. that cooldown. You can absolutely just regular medicine. I mean, that's it. Right. Uh, I'm at 98. Six. I should be yeah, able so to heal 48. the rest of my sleep. All right. Yeah, I have no, after the crit, I had 19. Well, he and gets one I, more. I have one I've, more first I've level I've been food. healed a few times since then. So you guys just... For another it's the 12. math for portion of the program where everyone casts every heal they have trying <laughs> to make their health go back up to not four. Uh, yeah. Do you need more so 12 heal? more. Uh, I could take more. I have two more. I have crossed the half health, health threshold. Uh, I'll important. take them. Just roll both this sides the, at the same time. This is the peak chill in here after dealing with all the horrors of the party. This is like in the basic of clothing, just... Relaxing. Chilling you get, you get some back when you sleep, right? Cobbler. Yeah, a little bit. Eh, this is why the medic dedication. Some is nice very good. warm baths, yeah, some scented I'm soaps. I'm just now doing this stuff. Chilling. Now Feels we good. have to eat. Yep. All the blood's off the fur. Everything's nothing's matted anymore. So, no longer wounded, right? If you medicine treated, yourself, yeah. you're no longer wounded. Yeah. Okay. Me uh, medicine check removes wounded. Healing is, does not. Am I still in feeble too, or no? You uh, you would probably by this point. 
I'm not wounded. Uh, I imagine you'd be down to enfeebled one. Okay. And Rishin would be down to enfeebled two. You okay. would be regaining some strength, but it uh, it definitely would still be affecting you. So It'll probably slowly. one of those scenes I have to have like an actual well night rest to wear off. Well, it's going down. It's just not fast. Uh. It's you you go down by approximately one every hour or two. Oh, that's fine. Can we order like a therapeutic massage up here? <laughs> Rasheen is going to sleep. Is there room service? Yeah. There would actually, if you, they do not actually have a dining area outside of the area in the center of the building in front of the theater, uh, which is there's, I mean, you could go eat down there. It's not like rows of seating. It is actually uh, like dining tables set around each with a small oil lamp in the center for a bit of its own light uh, around the stage, which is vacant for the moment, but you could certainly go out there and eat, or they would bring it up to your chambers. I am willing to pay um, an extravagant amount yeah, of money food, for them to bring it up here. The food that is available here would be your typical high-class in fare. Yes. Uh, you do not get a lot of food. You do spend a lot of money. That's fine. Uh, but the food is very tasty. But the food is very tasty in quite small amounts. But it would be very good. You would be looking for anywhere from probably three silvers to a gold per per, uh, per meal that you were bringing up for room service. That's fine. The larger the quantity of money spent, the smaller the portion. The inverse, uh, the inverse relationship. It's inverse. Of Get it? Inverse. I knock on Resume and Rasheen's door. Disappointment. Get you it? You hear a little rapping. Disappointment. Do I? Do I hear a rapping? Rasheen's <laughs> dead. Rasheen doesn't hear anything. She's <laughs> unconscious. Yeah, rapping, we slipped tapping. into something comfortable. We sent like unconsciousness. <laughs> you uh, you would probably hear him knocking at the door, Resme. You'd hear Rez, tiny red hands on your door. Resme, Mr. Resme. Uh, yes, Rez? Do you have like bandages or something? Come here. Come here. Help. I'm Sit. Wounded. I just need to borrow your bandages. Help, I'm wounded, I'm wounded too. Sit. 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 I'm Come wounded, here. look. Um, <laughs> I just pulls up the chair. That's my kidney. There's like, <laughs> a tooth from the rock monster just lodged in his... I didn't want to pull it out. I heard too much. Spend a focus point. I just need for to... ancestral memories. Well, I, I could, I could do it myself. I just need to borrow your bandages. I don't have too any bandages late. on me. I got you. No, it's okay. Mama Resme is gonna help you. Mama Resme. And then it's a fourteen plus eighteen is gonna be a thirty-two. 32. On what expert? Yeah. That critically succeeds. So that'd be 4d8 plus 10 health that you get back. And your wounded two would be gone. Yeah, that's what was important. I would like to not die to a crit. <laughs> Dying to a crit land is very scary. Stuff crits a lot. It crits very hard. You got crit for 70. Uh, so yeah. 25 health back Crits also. are just half my health. That thing... I got. A, I pulled a 41 on you. That would have been 82 if it had crit. Like, that thing could hit really hard. Yeah. Still not would have uh, taken me down. Oh, yeah. That was going to one-shot you. At, at, at the state like, we were in. I had 89 health. Oh. It could have. It could have done 89. Like, it absolutely could have rolled that. That wasn't a max roll on him. It was just, like, a little above. It was a bit yeah. above average. It was pretty high. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my new strategy is just don't get crit far ahead. That's pretty much Pathfinder 2nd Edition in the mid-game. Just, like, don't get crit. Your don't AC crit. is there, so you don't get crit. So mm -hmm. it's generally going to hit you if it's a reasonably leveled encounter. Uh, but it keeps mooks from hitting you consistently, and it keeps real enemies from critting you consistently. That's, That's what you're after. Yeah. Strategy number one. So how long before enemies just start rolling d20s for damage? I don't think that ever happens. I've also thought it'd be kind of cool to have a d20 weapon, but I don't think that ever happens. It'd, it'd be, be so hard funny. to balance. Okay. Now, this, this... They tried it one time. Did they? Yeah. And it, it's it, the worst? It was dumb. It seems bad. The variance is just so absurd. Yeah. Like... Now, there's eucalyptus in this, Raz, so it's going to smell a little strong, but it's going to feel really nice. 
I don't spell anything. I would like to come to a table and only need one dice to play my game. <laughs> Incidentally, you can play the entire game of golf with nothing but a five iron and a putter. I'm gonna mm -hmm. smack you if you, you start. You can play it with nothing but again. a putter if you try hard enough. It just takes you a long time. <laughs> <laughs> score is only. I didn't say you're number. gonna do well. Raz, do you want to As long sleep as you in here? end. Yeah. Come it on. smells weird in there. Come on, come sleep in here. I was actually planning for you to sleep in here. I don't want you to sleep with them. <laughs> Cuddle the, the cuddly animal <laughs> sleeps in the girls' room. <laughs> the mascot. The mascot. Well, and his, of course, his, his bodyguard. Oh, I got King Mataz a present. Yeah, what? What? I got, it's got to go through me first. She reaches into her sack. It's Greer. Greer. In the satchel. <laughs> I have a pet satchel that King Mataz sits in most of the time for safety. Oh. Is the satchel the pet? So. Resume is obviously getting some room service for food. Roshin is immediately unconscious. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? Food. I, I was about to say, after I potato, I take the biggest, best power nap of my life. A power nap for me. <laughs> now, while you're down here in the Traveler's di uh, District, it would also be pretty clearly visible that there were a uh, good number of taverns around as well. So it would not be much of a walk to go out and find drink if you were so inclined. I think he's too tired to drink. Yeah, he and for once Marshall was too tired wow. to drink. Oh, he almost I didn't died. Know he had that setting. I mean, to be fair, he got beaten into he got it. Very booty. <laughs> yeah, it's been two. a long, long. So day. the group of you eventually make your way to laying down and resting through the afternoon. Um. So and, uh, sorry to barge in, but I actually only have to sleep for two hours. Yeah. Um, so for the rest of the time, I'm going to be pulling out all of the information that we found in the gate and trying to learn as much about Jewelgate so I don't sound like an idiot as humanly possible. Refreshing yourself on your knowledge. So as you lay down for the greatest power nap a Dreamstone can manage. All right, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> the other three of you lay to rest. Uh, you're going to have an incredibly refreshing two hours here. Uh, but none of you are really going to sleep a full night here. Uh, because at a certain level, it is, you know, barely noon. Exhausted as you are from your fights, you would, I imagine, probably only sleep for three, maybe four hours before you just kind of naturally woke up. Do, do you even know what it is to be, like, so have you mega wrecked? Have do you, you work ten hours in a retail store yeah, during the holidays? To, I used to do carts at a retail store. I mean, during the, Idaho when there were, like, four man. inches of snow on the ground. I mean, how hard it is to move carts through four inches of snow in the oh, parking lot? poor squid. You know how, how hard it, it is to move carts? Just slide them, forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Snow is not ice. It's not how snow works. Have you have you tried to move carts in the middle I mean, of July in Florida? Not in Florida. Yeah, on a black asphalt. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Just do it at night. Well, you could be <laughs> unconscious for a little. <laughs> Why don't you just move You're the carts? <laughs> it's still July in Florida. So, it's still hot. So, question. Um, so, I've got my dreamstone. Give your dreamstone. Uh, and the hey, way mom, the dreamstone works is you go to sleep and you wake up eight hours later. Uh, right. So, but it's the hag dreamstone. It is the hag dreamstone. So, just tell Which me what happens. Which is actually where I was they going. Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely going to the hag dreamstone. It's the hag stone. Because obviously we're going to the hag dreamstone. And just for a record, I'm pretty sure Marshall could sleep through anything if he puts his mind to it. I mean, you can sleep for as long as you want, but I'm just saying, 
You're not like it's, none of you are getting spells back from this or anything. What are spells? Uh, none of you are getting daily resources <laughs> back because but if those, you spend eight hours resting, you get recovered health. You do get recovered health if you rest for eight hours. If you want to rest for eight hours to get health back, yes. you can absolutely do that. And resting doesn't necessarily mean sleeping. Mm -hmm. Like you can just rest. Uh, just engorge ourselves for six hours. What is? I mean, rest? I'm okay with this. I got my two. We're good. Egg Dreamstone would absolutely kick in. At first, it would not be immediately noticeable because the warmth of the strange cavern in which you meet with your mother is not terribly different from, you know, what you've experienced through a lot of cobbler so far. Being lit almost entirely by the light of forges, massive flames, and literal channels of exposed magma. You awaken... Aside this great pool of lava in this cavern once more to Tamati kneeling down on both knees almost as if praying but her hands simply folded in her lap sat right next to you. Hello, Mother. You finally came. We're in the city. It's a blastedly difficult track. You could sense it. You could feel your passage through that world between worlds. That portal of yours also does ring. It's something incredible. Something absolutely unique. That's my understanding of it. But you're close now. I am. And apparently one of the best inns in town if you wanted to come by and visit. Christine. What can I do for your mother? Have you been keeping up with your practice, with your studies, reading of fates, divinations? As much practice as I get in this hell world down here. Tell me what you've seen. Um... What would I have seen <laughs> as best as I can get? You have, like, lore fortune telling, I right? legit have lore fortune telling. Just roll it. Roll it, we'll find out. Does TC fire inside the mountain? That's an 11. Uh, so that's... About as average as it gets. Is it average? Uh, that's uh, going to be a 27. With a 27, what you had seen recently would be very vague. Uh, anything you would have done in the last while in your free time, especially before coming through Jewelgate, realistically, when, like, the last time you could have done it, mm. is you would have seen light of some kind. Light enshrouded in smoke or fog of some kind. A light at a great distance. But one not reachable. Alongside that... You would have certainly read loss. But coupled with that loss was some great kind of personal gain. Uh, not material, but of growth, almost of power, perhaps. Signs have been shrouded as of late. Not much to have come by. Light in the darkness, enshrouded. Loss in growth, but nothing concrete, nothing I can pin down. If anything, 
It's grown less clear as I've moved this way. Your future, your fate, and your very actions now, they reach far, far deeper than most. You, I believe, bear perhaps judgment, perhaps reckoning of not just all those around you, but mayhap of all of this world. I have felt a threat of fate, yours and mine, of my blood mixed with a very core Valerian of all Ilwaka. blood it runs so hot like fire through the world but you're right it's hard to see the threads of fate somehow weaken their significance the more strong their power the more bold their consequences more muddied hidden they become hmm. so many go mad seeking the secrets of true power trying to find it through such veins if fate becomes indistinct and ephemeral might then that create a gap for will and drive to step in and set the world the way we wish there was always will there's always choice. Uh, the fates, they're never wholly ordained. They're driven. Change as our choices and our actions guide us. That's why yours has become so unclear. Before, before things seemed simple, relatively, things seemed clear. I saw your heart, your purity, your devotion. But now even that, stand shrouded in smoke and ash. Hmm. The fate I promise you it's as strong as ever, as far as I'm concerned. The fate. It's not what drives your choices. But they are near one and the same. Tell me, Urshin. Why truly have you sought Kavlar so strongly? I feel your body is weak. You've given much for this. It has been... It's been quite a journey. <sighs> Truly. I've come here... I've come here for Resme. Her heart has exploded with passion. And revenge and its desire burns in her blood. It's not a good path to be on. I walked it myself once, and it didn't lead anywhere good. But there's no talking her out of it. There's been no talking me out of it. I'll walk with her, and I'll try to keep her in better condition than I was when I walked out of it. And as I've said before, if you'll help me, I'll... 
Our fates are intertwined, but distinct. Part of growth, part of length, part of what makes you who you are is your determination. This ability to persevere, to push through. Despite any odds, the world of the gods may stack against you. Persevere. And this will be no different. Your path, eventually, this thread, should you follow it, will find us together, and I will aid you. And perhaps, perhaps our bond through this strife will be strengthened. No power is found without sacrifice. Uh, and that makes follows with everything I've ever learned throughout my life. It's true. Even the simplest of humans understand that, though. They could never really understand the depths it reaches. I've seen humans that don't understand it. Their lives never end well. They die as fools. Rest well. Thank you, Mother. I look forward to meeting you. And uh, she kind of sits back down, leaving you still there on the stone, the lights of this magma behind her. You fall back into a sleep to awaken back once more in this fine bed in the gold sky. I think really gotten no real answers, <laughs> but... Resme's hair is still wet and her uh, legs are crossed and she's wearing a, her pajama shift and she has a blanket wrapped around her and she seems to be reading a book. What are you on about? Oh, I'm trying to study the gate so that we know more about it so that we don't look like... I don't look like an idiot when we talk to the council. About, about the gate? I mean, surely you're not going to learn more about it than you studied when we before we walked through it. Well, now I'm studying from the expert. She knows everything about that gate. She knows everything about a lot of gates. There's stuff in here that I couldn't have imagined. Oh, that's Zay's book, isn't it? Yeah. I have her whole library, remember? That's right, that's right. It's all went to that magical little bag of yours. The is there any knowledge. Is there anything in that isn't books? I'm just curious. Oh, the wardrobe's in there too. Oh, I have some nice lotions in here <laughs> if you're curious. <laughs> oh, and uh, I, uh, I brought... Uh, what time is it? I brought your favorite biscuits. Biscuits? They're chocolate. You're an angel. Give me those. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as Rasheen is sleeping up from an eight-hour super coma, uh, Rez, what, what's going on with you? It is asleep in the middle of the day. If you, you could crash through all of it and just wake up like a zombie at the end. But a refreshed zombie. At some point, Raz has woken up. He is in the same room. When Roshim looks at the other bed, he is on the bed. He also has books and papers scattered across the entire bed. He's used some sort of sticky substance to put some up on the wall. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of red thread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just see him doing this a lot? Like, he, he, made, he made himself a blanket fort. <laughs> Uh, he's he's going over information about dwarven etiquette mostly. It's a very convoluted tradition steeped thing. Do you want to throw me a lore dwarven? Or <laughs> dwarven etiquette? What about a society? I mean, society. 
Dwarven society etiquette. would work, but yeah. I mean, I figured you wanted to use your fancy lore. But this would definitely this would be a society. If you I'll roll to. both. What's your society? Um, my society is plus twenty-two. What's your uh, proficiency? Oh, proficiency master. You could absolutely roll society. Yeah, yeah. I roll society. Ooh, you do. 18. Look at forty. As with a forty, you would actually be somewhat familiar with the way that uh, dwarves hold court. Is this kind of holds true throughout most dwarven settlements, especially those in the Five Kings Mountains? Uh, the Council of Guilds, if you are seeking something from them, like any assistance find a Scarlet Triad or even just really bringing knowledge to them, uh, they're going to speak to you not as a whole, but as the individual entities that there are, uh, or that they are. You're going to be speaking with each guild master individually as Really, the guilds are only loosely affiliated. Uh, they always have the interest of their guild and the town at the forefront, which oftentimes even puts some guilds at odds with each other. Uh, so it's very possible that you could uh, get a lot of assistance from some guild masters and some others uh, wanting to see you barred from the city entirely. Uh, each one is a very independent unit. Uh, beyond that, as the Forge Master had warned you, Everything the dwarves do is very steep in tradition. And tradition and minutiae and etiquette. Uh, as this goes, you are going to speak individually. Uh, they are not only going to want to hear from each of you, they're going to want to hear from you alone. So the general go, if you're going to arrive as a group of five, is a guild master, after you prevent, presented like your, your information, the knowledge that you have for them, a guild master will step up will ask you something and uh, each of you would have an opportunity to reply independently. You know the absolute worst thing you could possibly do is interject when somebody else is answering. Which to many of these uh, guild leaders, especially if they are far more traditional, would be worse than refusing to answer at all. Well, let me get the whole group together for that the, the lesson. What are you two doing in the other room? I am pretty much asleep with like an arm and leg hanging off the bed, snoring with half a potato hanging out of my mouth. <laughs> Having the best nap of my life. Beautiful sight. <laughs> <laughs> I probably slept for a couple hours, got up, got food, came back. Rather than get back in bed, I'm now asleep in the tub with just my snout out of the <laughs> Doing lizard people Peak. things. Just doing lizard people Peak stuff. Peak lizard. There's literally, your concern was you've only had four beds for five people and there is an actual unoccupied bed. Jackie <laughs> <laughs> Marshall's room is just unconscious in the bathtub. It's cold and it's comfy. So after eight hours or so uh, of, of rest here, you all would recover health from eight hours of rest. You wouldn't get any spells or daily powers back again because it's not a new day, uh, but you would heal some. How much do you heal for? Uh, you heal level times con modifier. Level times con oh, modifier? Oh, okay. Okay. actually. Oh, I'm good you then. Oh, so. from a night's rest now. Yeah, we're times solid. Uh, it's, it's pretty girthy, unless you have no con modifier, or one, in which case you get 12 health. But it is actually, a, you heal a lot with a night's rest in second edition. But after that... <laughs> that was almost more than the healing spells. After <laughs> eight hours... You have a couple of hours left before you need to be at the Regents Hall. I imagine the group of you would probably awaken, <sighs> reconvene, feeling much better. Ugh. Get Etiquette 101. Get Etiquette Get 101. Get quick Raz. primer. And what are you doing? You still, got, oh, well, you still got some time. You got a couple of hours. Kitty. 
I, I can't do that. Explore the Well, my, my shield is actually hanging on by about one rivet and a half a strip of leather. I'd imagine this is probably the best place, Ungolarian, you could possibly find <laughs> to need a shield repaired. Well, if you would like, I can take care of it for you. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. So, approximately, how hurt is the shield? Like, how long do I need to spend doing this? Because I don't know how... I mean... So, it's broken thresholds 52, and it's currently sitting at 53. What's your crafting <laughs> proficiency? I am a master. Uh, so, you would heal it for 20 points of health every time you succeed. Uh, roll, me, roll me your crafting real quick. You might be able to get it pretty quickly. It takes you 10 minutes to do one cycle of crafting. Wait a second. Uh, you're enfeebled. Yeah, both your enfeebles will be gone after eight hours of rest. Yeah, fine. that and... Wait, well, for, for the recovery of his health through sleep, it was four times... Level lo times con. Level times con. Con modifier. Okay, con modifier, so, yeah. So four times 12. 48. Okay, yeah. I'm better, but I'm still Luckily, my sleep put me at max. He's a chalker. So I rolled a, a two, you got a and I got a 20. Uh, what kind of shield do you have? It's a, um, it's one of the levels of sturdy shield. I think it's a moderate. That's what I thought it was. I was about to say, I think it's a moderate. It is a moderate, yes. Sturdy shield moderate. Is that a 12th level item? Uh, it's not that good. No, it's That's a 10th level, level okay, item. Because if it was a 12th level item, it critically fails. Uh, it was a 10th <laughs> level it item. It regular fails. So, okay. uh, it's Rashik's first uh, 10 minutes of effort. It's uh, a magical shield. Literally no headway on this. It is a very heavily enchanted shield, and just kind of taping things back together is actually not really going to fit. Let me actually attempt to repair this. I thought the minor thing would work. You know, there's craftsmen right in town. You don't yes, have to. but I am very stubborn. No, I do it. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. I fixed. Oh, that became a 35. 35 will succeed, restoring 20 hit points to the shield over 10 minutes. Yay. So that'd be like 20 minutes. Well, he's doing 20, mi 20 minutes uh, with Roshane fixing the shield. What are you three doing, chilling? Getting dressed, because this is going to take an hour Rat and a half. Boy. Grooming myself I, some uh, more. Uh, I'm actually going into my bag and going, ah, never thought I would have to wear this. Getting out my proper dress kilt as well as proper more of informal clothing that I made out, out of leftover. <laughs> made out of my le <laughs> made, made out of the leftover red drake hide that I used to make your suit. I made myself a proper formal suit for this type of occasion. A fancy martial outfit? He even, Is such a thing possible? This way. You can see almost a much cleaner, much more proper looking like kilt. He still has like his, you know, boots on and whatever, but then like you see a bright Red leather drakey looking vest, like a formal vest that he wears at, at like, but then again, he's so large and muscular, he like squeaks almost every time he moves. <laughs> and his beard is even like rebraided and like cleaned out and like combed and everything to a more formal I fitting. I never imagined we would see the day. With, he like, cleans his, up nice. He cleans up nice. Look and, he, at this. and he even like took the audacity of like removing his war paint. The audacity of removing his war paint. Did he put on cologne? Does he, does he smell awful? Because he doesn't smell awful. She smells awful. Well, he normally smells awful. This is true. He does not smell awful. He took a bath. This, this but is he sweats yeah. A I was lot. about to say. I I, I took a bath. It's all right. I got negate aroma. We're gonna be fine. Plus, <laughs> plus Marshall kind of look, when you make that comment like, did you did do you smell nice? I, I literally just take one of the extra bottles that Resme gave me of perfume and just go. Bye bye. There. You happy? No. Okay. <laughs> So if you spend 
an hour working on Rishi and Shielded. What this max out like a hundred something? Hundred and four. Yeah, I've just spent an hour yet. Instead of rolling it a billion times, I would Succeed. just let you. Uh, you'd get it to fall. You critically fail over an hour by averaging <laughs> these things out. Succeed. And, uh, Please hit him. <laughs> critically fail. Stab if it, him. If it takes you. It takes you an hour to fix this. I can, I can absolutely imagine Resume taking an hour to get dressed. I can actually see the craftsman. He's right there. Yeah, the or hour, if you go to shield right the now. Hour. The Ambler's Guild is right. We came from there. We spoke with the Forge Master. You see, you see a craftsman. He's already gone through three customer shields. Yeah, but I. Or you could even normally, ask Marshall to just go dunk, done. Yeah, but I normally only do alchemy. So this is really fun because I'm just beating a magical item and every now and then it's just, oh, it looks better. I am sometimes, doing it, guys. Yeah, sometimes it just looks worse. Are you two 50-50. Marshall slash Rez spending a, a whole hour on your Grooming preparation? myself. Yes. We're, we're, we're prepping. Well, my beard in particular takes about 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need at least an hour with her, oh, too. So now that's... Not, I didn't ask you because I know you're going to take No, no, no I need one with but her, I'll, too. Well, oh. So that's a question, actually, that, that, that um, I've got as Rasheen. Um, do you think it would be better presenting ourselves... As plainly as possible. Do you think they'd be impressed by me in a fancy dress, or should I show I, with I, my crests and my battle plates to be honest with what I'm presenting? I think you should be honest with what you are. You should present yourself who Roshin is. And plate and tabard it is. Not hag do, walks into I can't the room. Even do your hair? You can do my hair if you'd like. Thank you. I'll put it this way. Don't overdo it. However, considering you're not a dwarf. This this is me. It is impolite to go to dinner without bringing the plate. Keep in mind, he's giving you this advice before <laughs> he changes, so. Because nobody's seen Marshall cleaned up. I um, also, I also recommend um, having something of a value that way, a value to you personally, because they're going to personally judge you as a, as a, as a being. You know as that they're not just going to judge the cause that brought you here. They very much are going to be judging you as people and through the lens of their guild. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it's absolutely possible that, for instance, the uh, guild master of the mages guild, after you've, because this is after you've told them about the Scarlet Triad and Jewel Gate and all that, maybe asking you something about the applications of magic. Uh, you can, of course, each, dec like, decline to answer, but that's... Rude. Pretty not good. It's all right, That's, guys. Uh, I got telepathy. It is almost. You got any magic questions? I got your answer. Unless you are a complete and total moron, even if you know nothing of magic, it is better to. They will see it as better to give your most honest answer than to say nothing. Okay. Which is almost just like to them would be you saying that question is not worth my time. Mm. Not I don't know enough to answer that. Got it. Um, should really like should we fit. bring? Gifts? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. Just be. That that could be seen as an attempt to kind of can bribe I, them. Can I, can I bring Severin? Yes. No. Yes. No. Be honest with yourself. Severin is part of who she is. <sighs> I'm bringing King. King Mataz has to come with me. Otherwise, I'll never King's adorable. It is also that thing's loud and annoying. Severin. <laughs> it Severin. is Severin. also Severin. likely that what? they ask Severin. I just Severin hold my arm well. out for Severin to land on it. I need to talk to you. Just gonna Bird on rat. fly away. <laughs> <laughs> or rat. Severn picks you up and carries Bird, you Bird off. on rat. You, you should know that I apologize very much for my instincts taking over earlier and trying to eat your your friend. Already forgot about that. Listen, you are a lord right now, right? Lord, Lord Severn. I'm always a lord. Okay, you're more lordly than lorder than ever, right? 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 Well, you're just speaking logic and the truth. Best behavior. 
correct? Of course. No talking about food. I don't talk about food in no public. No over talking resume or anyone else. Never. Okay, no cutting anyone off. Especially uh, the dwarves. First of all, I have more training in etiquette than those two buffoons who sit across from you. That's meta gaming. <laughs> <laughs> as as Marshall um, hears that, he has this like the halberds point at at Severin's throat. I'm like, say that again, bird brain. Also, they might ask you a question. Answer it honestly. Well, of course I'm going to answer it honestly. All my answers are correct. <laughs> Is he always this arrogant? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say aside from the accent, he sounds just like Raz. So, I think you might. I think it. I actually stay there. <laughs> hey, take the handway. Take the handway. I'm just... prepared. I suppose. <laughs> as this is amazing. Ta-da! Prepared. I suppose as you're going to be oh, for the incredibly formal and serious dwarven council. Very meeting. formal. <laughs> severing leader. Very formal ah. indeed. You're an idiot. Glorious. The group of he you. Writes me. Make your way out into Kavler, following the roll the road up. <laughs> Uh, where Forge Master Thunderflare had told you to go. The building is, in fact, not difficult to find. We're taking the road less traveled. It is a, so it is one of the only buildings with any amount of roundness in its architecture. So the building itself is technically octagonal, like a massive square with cut corners. It has a fractal dome over the top of it, appearing round, but really is more like D20 kind of perched on top of this enormous building. Uh, around this framework on the top, uh, you can see hanging banners with clan uh, insignias of the various guilds. Uh, there seem to be 10 of them in total around the building, but the building, again, the point is it's not hard to find at all. As the group of you make your way up and inside, you are welcomed into the council hall uh, by a steward who after you introduce yourselves and your business, is quick to take you up to a large meeting room in the center of the Regents Hall. Now, in this court, the chamber is much smaller, perhaps, than you would expect. It is grand in its own sense, but it is no massive audience chamber. There's a long, thick, oaken table through the middle of the room with ten chairs sat behind it. Each chair with a massive high back towering above each of the dwarves sat in them. And you can see the top half of each of the guild insignias carved and painted into the back of the chairs above them. All ten dwarves that are seated here wear very formal attire. Uh, each of them very much different. Uh, while it is very clean, it is very uh, elaborate, it is not your standard formal wear as each of them seems to be very much modified and flavored to the guilds they represent. Hmm. Uh, Forgemaster Thunderflare, notably, still has an apron, uh, though it is a much more elaborate, uh, clearly ceremonial uh, piece of attire, and she still has the massive hammer at her belt. Uh, each of the ten guild leaders, similarly, has some large symbol of office, either on their purpose or at their waist or on the table in front of them, some kind of a tool representing what they do, save for one of them, which is a red-haired woman with her hair pulled back in a very small, tight bun that has nothing but a single gold piece sat in front of her on the table. Hmm. The only thing that the all of them 
have straight have in, in common is a medallion that each wears a uh, iron and gold circular symbol uh, with what must be the coat of arms emblematic of Kovler itself. All ten of them have an identical necklace drawn around them. And as you enter and you simply stand before uh, the table here, uh, there are no seats for the group of you. Forgemaster Thunderflare rises from her seat. Pulls her hammer up from her waistband and holds it up in front of her. When the first court of regents convened centuries ago, they were regents for Cardorn the Mighty, the hero who reclaimed Kavler and most other underground places that remain civilized today from the orc invaders. Perhaps someday a queen or a king will rise again who is worthy of that mantle, one as great as the rulers of old. Until that day, it is our solemn duty to work together to keep Kovler safe and prosperous. You are newcomers to Kovler, each and all of you. But it's my hope you will honor this duty. If you're as capable as I believe you are, you may be able to aid us. Before we can trust you with Kovler's mind, its knowledge, and its defense, you must know that you will indeed honor our traditions. And, uh, she puts the hammer down the table in front of her before extending a hand to another man at the table, seated uh, a couple down from her, who is looking her direction before she takes a seat. Uh, that man stands up. He has a pretty large full-plate helmet with the visor up on the front. Uh, but rather than being made of traditional steel, it looks to be made of a strange metal that seems almost granular. It looks almost un impure to you uh, as a rough surface and looks to be, the, the way it sits around his head, extraordinarily heavy. He is clearly quite old, uh, with heavy wrinkles sagging down beneath his eyes, giving his cheeks almost a bulbous appearance beneath a much smaller beard than most dwarves, trimmed and uh, kept honestly much like well, what I have here. He stands wearing a massive metal pauldron on one shoulder, strapped to a set of clearly ceremonial half plate, and uh, pulls from his hip an axe, short-hafted with blades on both ends, and holds it up much how the Forge Master had before. If what we've heard is correct, the group of you are to thank for dealing with an infestation of gogs that have moved into Sagarok. So already you've provided for the defense of Kovler and her people. For that we thank you. Our scouts intelligence tells us that there's much more to your tale. And much more you have to share with us here today. We'll hear it. Ken lays the axe on the table. Without interruption or question, as you see fit to tell it. Next week, when we return. <laughs> <laughs> and as he sits back down in his chair here. He's so meta. The rest of the council looks at him like, what? <laughs> I mean, like, next seven forge days, dude? Yeah. A long time. Seven regular days. Six, really. Before we reconvene for this council here, 
for the next episode of the Tomb Presents. I want it to be now. We're going to speak It'll with the next. ten guild leaders of Kovler, representatives of a wide variety of guilds. The Anvilers Guild, the Carpenters Guild, the Guild of Arms and Coin and Faith, many more. To plead our case with the people of Kovler, know what they may know about the Scarlet Triad, and ask how, perhaps, they could help us deal with it. Carpenter's Guild must be, like, really small here. Is it, like, two people? Carpenter's more like a stonemasonry than traditional yeah. surface carpentry. Okay. They recently the Hmm. A new endeavor. I mean, they do have, like, wooden furniture and stuff. It's just most of the structure of the, the buildings is stonemasonry. They still do a lot of woodwork, but, I mean, you can't really put... Like, the, the places that you've been in is the magma-powered furnace guild <laughs> hall. You can't really have wooden furniture well, in there. Well, you can, just not for long. It, it's just not going to go well. They don't have much for wooden buildings, but uh, I mean, you, you, ha you have not had a great sample size of it. It's fair. It's Even fair. in here, I mean, they're sitting at an oak table and wooden oh, chairs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, like it's... There is trade with the surface. I didn't say that. I said it was an oak table. I missed like, it. Yeah, and so it's it. just I, I thought you said it was it. an okay table. Oak table and wooden chairs. I mean, they do they do have plenty of wooden work and furniture. It's just not normally the builds of the uh, the buildings themselves. But thank you all for coming and hanging thank out. You. We have escaped Hell World. Yes. Thank We've made God. it to Kavler. Now the challenges that lie before us. Dwarven diplomacy. Dwarven, Dwarven diplomacy. Diplomacy. Hopefully, God, very different. So good at elven from diplomacy. elven diplomacy, <laughs> <laughs> which historically we have problems with. But that's gonna be it for us today. I'm gonna post the link to that that uh, alternate the first lava edition thing. lava rolls at Two Perception on Twitter. Check us out on YouTube for the entirety of this campaign and a whole bunch of. Shenanigan highlights as well. YouTube.com slash 2Perception. Thank you, of course, as always, to Paizo for sponsoring us. Thank you, Paizo. Sirenscape and Six Sound Sets here, and we will see you all same time, same place next weekend. Good night. Good night. Good night, good night and good luck.